Welcome everybody to podcast number 106. Uh, we took a week off there. Uh, we run into some technical difficulties. That's why we're a little bit behind here. So hopefully everybody uh, is going to tune in that was going to at seven minutes ago. Um, but so what'd you guys do for your week off? You guys go first. <laughs> uh, well, we had a different kind of vacation than Daryl did that. Yeah. <laughs> You guys had a great camping weekend. Now, let's talk about that. You guys had a good little crew, some bowling buddies, right? Dexter and Carrie. Tim, you did a different camping. But yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys had a great trip and kind of cool to see you guys, inter-province buddies, getting together and going for a little camping. That must have been fun. Yeah, it was It was awesome. I mean, like, really, we haven't seen anybody in forever. And we've had our, our little group of people that we've been playing some games online with for, you know, quite a while. And, uh... Yeah, um, we decided that we were going to have a camping trip, and, and here we are in Meadow Lake, and we had, what, 11 of us carry in total, I think, for the week? and Yeah, something around there. S- something like that out in Meadow Lake, and um, campsite was beautiful. Uh, our site specifically got ripped apart by a tornado a couple years ago, so it was 38 degrees, and we had no shade. <laughs> oh, no. It was... Yeah. It was it was hot. It was nobody hot. went and got one of those shade tents. No, they well, happened to have a gazebo there, so it, was, oh, okay. it worked out pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, put up a couple, uh, I guess, little shelters to keep the the sun off of us. But you all would have had trailers, right? So you would have air air conditioning, right? No. May, maybe only one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Just the city folk. Yeah. <laughs> Just, the... yeah, the only country boy out there is the only one with a trailer. With yeah, AC. He's, he's the one that goes out glamping and the rest of us are actually camping. Because <laughs> I ain't no moron, I understand. <laughs> uh, the, sh- the shelter was great. Uh, it was a big help. The only problem is like it was like a safe haven for the bugs at night, so it was it was it was a shit show, honestly. It was good. Uh, the slip and slide, yes. The uh, we made a ghetto slip and slide. And I mean nobody died. I mean Johnny got like a, a a nice you know Wolverine mark down his chest yeah. right up. Yeah, right he fought a Wolverine. Burn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it was that was good, I and mean, we we thought Johnny was probably going to end up dying swimming out into the lake, but we convinced him to turn around and come back. But... Oh, did he just go for a little swim and just said, "I'm." Just... There, there was a little children's floaty that decided to take off in the wind, and Johnny thought he'd be a hero to go grab it. It uh, save the, was save the children, yeah. It was going a lot faster than he was. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, Johnny, no. Yeah. But yeah, no. Overall, it was it was absolutely great. Uh, it was nice seeing you know Wisty and. You know, the Regina boys, John and T-Rob and those guys. and I don't know, just people we haven't seen in forever. And um, Yeah, really glad we did it. Cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And you, Tim, you did a little camping of your own as well? Yeah, we went down to Troshu and Cindy had a ball tournament down there, so we camped. Uh, we actually had a trailer on Lake Dex and uh, really enjoy it. She made the A-finals or A-semifinals and lost out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great weekend. It was nice weather for the most part. Um, yeah, I enjoy it, so it was a good time. Nice. Yeah. My family went to Slave Lake. They went and had a good time there with some friends, so. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. Obviously, you guys know, and I'm not sure all the, uh, the the people in the comments that, that watch and listen probably are friends with me on Facebook, but I had a little nasty boat and spent uh, seven nights in the hospital, fellas, so. 
We've uh, we've finally been diagnosed. I've been dealing with some gut issues and over the last few years, but um, <laughs> finally the pain got to be too much, so went into the hospital and uh, and dealt with it and have been diagnosed with diverticulitis. So that's an inflammation of the colon, unfortunately. So um, you just have battles with constipation, man. You gotta you gotta you gotta watch your body. You gotta know your body. You gotta be able to go. And it wasn't happening for me, so it got to the point that I had to go to the hospital. And uh, yeah, they, they they admitted me, obviously, pumped me full of antibiotics, a lot of pain meds for a few days, kept me there. I ended up being in the in the um, the transplant ward. So my neighbor, <laughs> we we now call it <laughs> we call it when when you when you when you shit yourself, it's now called a Dwight. So <laughs> my, 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 my neighbor wasn't exactly very well up with the bowels and I was very jealous let me tell you the amount of times that this guy could do this and, uh, but the nurses nurses god bless nurses out there who kept coming and yes Dwight what can I do to help what can you do well I, I think I went to the bathroom so sure enough so yeah it was uh, it was a long week lost another 10 pounds uh, I think I'm down to my sunshine boy weight now so we're, we're yeah we're down a, a few more pounds so it's not exactly the way I'd want to do it there people but on the mend, back uh, back home, back at the office, got to really watch the diet for a bit and just figure out those triggers. It's funny enough, like you read a lot about this diverticulitis and what triggers are, what things are happening. And it's like, you can't eat seeds, right? So you think that you'd want to go pump in all the fiber stuff, like the almonds and the nuts and the seeds, the flax, the chia, right? Your whole grains and your oats. Well, the re reality is no, you can't. You shouldn't, especially in the middle of a flare up. You want to go low fiber. So prune juice no don't do that you know, it's, so it's kind of it's kind of messed up what the what the body does to it but yeah it was uh it was a crazy week so we're we're, we're figuring things out and figuring out the, the the triggers popcorn is actually the worst guys so don't do oh, popcorn right for, well, for me anyways you guys have at her but yeah, i might uh, have some after yeah. I, <laughs> I hate popcorn yeah. you know what oh, daryl we actually knew daryl's full of shit but now we really know he's yeah. full of shit yeah. well <laughs> I had I had a CT scan, and really the whole reason I wanted to go in the hospital, I got I got kicked out of the first hospital I went to a week like a few days before because they were like, ah, go eat your fruits and vegetables and eat a bunch of Restorelax or drink a bunch of Restorelax. I'm like, okay, right? But then the pain got worse, so anyways, I went back to the U of A hospital and God bless them, um, they ended up doing you know X-ray blood work and they saw the white blood cell counts were super high, but they did a, a CT scan. And, uh, and obviously that's when they knew that the infection was there. But then five days later, they did a second CT scan, not really ideal because of the radiation, but they did one. The doctor came in and said, basically, this is funny. He's like, basically, man, your, your blood's fine. Your, your infection is coming down. You just got to go poop, right? <laughs> and he's like, honestly, I could see every two millimeters and we're just waiting for the dam to burst. He's like, that's all that has to happen. He's like, and it's going to happen, man. Like, it's, like the dam is going to burst. So... Anyways, pump in the laxatives. So I call over the nurses. Hey, need some help, ladies. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. Nothing and, sexier uh, than a man yeah, with a good bowel. Not real sexy, but after what they were doing for Dwight, I said, "Fuck it, you guys, where we go, right? You can, you can do something for me." So yeah, we uh, we called them over, and uh, yeah, we got things moving. So we're we're on the mend. I appreciate uh, all the thoughts uh, and the thanks yes. and the comments. So we're we're good, guys. So yeah, clearly by comments, everybody's. Uh, wishing you good health and yeah, hopefully thanks, you everybody. figured everything out and but the important question db is are you and me still able to play doubles in a couple of weeks that yes. is the main question yes I perfect will be in. 
Yeah. <laughs> Take on the Boxing Day doubles at Truid during the summer. I've, I'm down another, since I've last thrown a ball, guys, I'm down another 15 pounds. So this is like <laughs> kind of comparative to fat decks and in shape decks. So I don't know how things are going to go here. Right? So <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> We'll go throw some balls and go get some games in and, and start start hitting it. So I know there's a couple of double tournaments coming up, right? So sh- shout out to Toppler, uh, Bonnie Dune, mm-hmm. I know Short Park. So let's chat about the bowling and what's happening here in Alberta. I know some tournaments are getting going up again. So mm-hmm. that Toppler, I think, is almost, that's this weekend, right? Um, that yeah. they're doing a tournament? Is this weekend, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. this weekend, yeah. They're so, doing it down they're, in Calgary. They're almost sold out, so that's, that's good for them. Absolutely awesome. Love seeing it. And Absolutely it's, love seeing it's, it. It's in memorial of her mother that passed away, so yeah. it's, it's really us. great. Yeah, and then uh, Ger- uh, Gerald's doing one in Grand Prairie. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, Bonnie Dune's doing more of a drop-in style, too, drop-in right? Drop-in style, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I see Heartland Bowl announced their drop-in style doubles as well. Nice. For the summer, so that's, that's pretty cool. That's good. As, as long as Robert can, you know, log into that computer, he'll be fine. He knows the difference between <laughs> password and PIN. <laughs> you know, just the keyboard doesn't work, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Damn man. computers. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, so yours, is, yours is, what, are the two weeks, right, coming up? The 24th, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's when we take all your money, so don't worry that's about all, it. Guys. It's yeah. just the three shifts on the Saturday, right? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. yeah. Whereas I think Toppler is doing Saturday and Sunday. They're yeah, I think it's two on Saturday and one on Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah, then and they have less they have less uh, entries you can have for each shift. So okay, and what's Grand Prairie's format? Uh, it's a four player team, I believe, and they have three shifts up there. So nice. yeah, it's really good. I mean, I think forty two teams. He said so. <laughs> that's really good for for up there in Grand Prairie. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now, great local support up there. Oh, what's absolutely. the every what other provinces and other people opened or are we? Sort of Alberta's not the only one. There's other places that are open. No, Ontario still sort of shut down and stuff. But other other provinces opening too and getting going. Yeah, from the sounds of it, it sounds like Saskatchewan's pretty much wide open now. Um, BC's really close, and Ontario I think is in. Um, Nebs is opening in a week, I think. Right. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. the Ontario situation's opening up too. So I can't wait. Yeah, I I. I th- I think like some of them are going to be um, still working their restrictions until like I, I heard BC is going to be like September. I mean they're reducing restrictions quite a bit, but um, yeah, capacity things for a little while yet too, as you see with Manitoba in there too. Um, I know Saskatchewan's going to be, you know, no masks starting July 11th, I believe. Um, I think BC is about the same, or BC maybe no masks already nice. too. Um, Alberta obviously went to no masks on July 1st. Uh, it's weird. It's it's crazy to be seeing people walk into the bowling alley with no masks anymore and or walking into, you know, a gas station with no masks. It's, uh, yeah. the world has sure changed. Freedom. Yeah. What yeah. are you saying, um, percentage-wise, decks are most people wearing no masks or, or masks? Or what's the... Um, I was thinking it's between 70 and 75% is how I see it. For like people wearing masks in, no one's wearing a mask with a bowling at all. But like wearing masks in, it's probably about seventy percent no masks. Okay. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So more and more. I was at uh, you know the Wally Mart today and uh, the, the Rona and the Rexall and the bank and I didn't wear a mask. But yeah, I, I can't say I really looked around to see what the percentage was. But there was a handful definitely that were wearing them. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of places staff are still wearing masks. Um, that sort of seems to be the rule, but. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's nice, you know, hopefully a nice sense of normality again to it, right? So things are things are getting there and you know obviously bowling is super exciting to get back and playing and coming to see you guys and tournaments you know interesting tim hooper says their uh, manitoba centers are open but explicitly no competitions so oh, yeah that's right, so like, weird so in alberta it, we're obviously we're in phase three now or step three or whatever phrasing they want to use now and uh which is basically no restrictions but in phase two when there were still a bunch of restrictions we were technically allowed to run leagues with no restrictions at all. We could have ran an 80-person league, had no masks, nothing, and it would have been absolutely fine, no social distancing, and it was completely allowed. But technically, we still weren't allowed to have non-households come in for open play together. Bizarre. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that they're having no competitions, but yeah, here we're, uh, we're good to go. Yeah, And yeah. our numbers are continually going down. Yeah. Still, yeah, we are for down. sure. Yeah. And our, our vaccines, I think we're almost at 50%. Second, uh, it's second over 50% doses. now. Yeah, it was announced so, today. Yeah, so we're, we're making good time for sure. So it's just yeah. good for the future, obviously. I mean, these tournaments, I mean, we had the comment about you know the dream crushers and the bombers playing, and you know, the eight gamer getting going, or even just you know, looking forward to the autumn open or the club tour, or all these events where traveling can start happening again, you know, like. Um, you know, sure, maybe another month or so, but at the end of the day, hopefully, all centers across the country can get back to league play come September. Mm-hmm. Right? That yeah. would be great. Yeah. Well, have hope. we seen Have we seen Toppler uh, or Autumn Open um, like entry forms? Is are we are we getting closer to that for for people signing up and starting to see shifts and starting to see stuff? Entry forms haven't been out yet. <clears throat> yeah. But I know I know Autumn Open to go. Yeah. Right. For sure. We had posted something about, uh, or Carrie posted something on the WCBT, and Mark did message me asking who posted it and thanked us for posting it about the Autumn Open. Autumn Open is definitely going to be a go. I'm sure I'm sure uh, those entry forms will be coming out right away. But yeah, from everything that we understand, there is no reason why WCBT shouldn't be Good. big and massive and running completely open like it was before. I know even for TPC, we have a few people who have already committed from Newfoundland. Nice. Um, it could be, I have a feeling that it's going to be big. Uh, that just Good. people just want to see each other and go. And I, I think the scores may be crappy because <laughs> yeah. no one's going to care. Yeah. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty excited. It should it should be a go. Well, All obviously, right. as 5PNU, you can help with whatever promoting any of these tournaments mm-hmm. once they get their entry forms going. And if they want to get them going, I mean, even all these little... These little, you know, double tournaments or triple tournaments, right? Send the note over to Carrie, and uh, we'll help promote all these little these drop-ins or whatever they are. But obviously, mm-hmm. yes, big supporters yeah. of the WCBT and, and the shifts. I mean, that gets so much traction when they start posting, okay, sign up for your shifts and start saying, okay, here's the entries, you know, you guys, right? Start yeah. seeing who's playing and what, the, oh, I better get my name in, better get my name in. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I saw a comment there, boys. Can we chat quickly about uh, Go England? Jeff Canham, yes. <laughs> Go England. Euro Cup. <laughs> the crickets. We got, we got crickets cool. from the rest yeah. of yeah, you guys. That, well, you know what? I, I think the Canadians are going to lose tonight, too. So, I might as well put that on there, too. Jesus. Like, I ki- I'll kick Tim out of here, guys. If everybody wants him out, we can kick <laughs> yeah. him out. Hey, it's better than COVID talk. Let's, I'm, I'm over COVID talk. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on. Let's, let's uh, pay some bills here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, 
you can sign up and support the podcast directly at patreon.com slash five pin universe for as little as two dollars a month Canadian. You can help support us. There are several different tiers. Um, highest tier, we send you a piece of merch. I know there's a piece of merch that were shipped out here just when I got back off holiday, so hopefully they receive them shortly here. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for all the support. We've had quite a few people signing up and helping us uh, with ideas and stuff like that, so it's looking good. And then our uh, drink sponsor, once again, Alley Cat Brewing, out of Edmonton. Well, they're, are they mainly based out of Edmonton, or are they out of Sherwood Park? Edmonton, yeah, over okay. by uh, Union Hall. Very cool. We can't thank them enough for sponsoring today. They did a they did a co-brand with uh, Kuma Outdoor Gear, and they did a, they dropped off some beer today, so we were we were pumping awesome. them up a little bit. That's cool. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. And once again, All Star Bowling Sales, Shelby and the crew sponsoring us once again for another week and uh, giving away another uh, prize. And I was gonna shake up the hashtag this week, but I see twelve people already jumped the gun. They know what do, it is. Do it anyways. Do it anyways. Should I? Yeah, <laughs> should yeah, I switch it up? Yeah, absolutely. You know that way, that way we, need, we get more comments. Yeah, engagement. Lenny can't just sign in for the first 30 seconds and then go off and do whatever Lenny's right. doing. Yeah. Absolutely. That's right. We'll, we will switch up a little bit here. So if you want to get in on the draw, it's a hashtag all-star giveaway now. It's an all-star draw. So get your entries in for the end of the podcast for the draw. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, they made me do it, everybody. I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> All right, we will run All-Star Bowling Sales commercial, and then we will bring in our special guest of the week. So our uh, special guest this week, um, we may have flubbed his name in the poster uh, for the announcement, as Jeff Young so uh, rudely pointed out, and nobody updated us on it. But uh, Just I did... blame Tim. <laughs> yeah. That's his. Our... Our investigator clearly screwed that up, but I fixed the poster at the start of this podcast, and our guest missed it. So uh, he'll have to watch the podcast back to see that we actually did put his proper name in there. Uh, so we'll bring him in right now. Mr. Jeff Forrester, how are you doing? Hey guys, what's going on? All right. Not much, man. How are things with you? Uh, can't complain, I guess. How many Jeffs for real are there in Ontario? Like, there's this doesn't there seem to be too many Jeffs out there? How do they how do they even keep track of their of, of themselves out there? There should be like a Hunger Games of Jeff. Yeah. Are you good, Jeff? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you perfect. Oh, perfect. oh we can oh, hear okay. you. We're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> this whole this whole experience has already taught me that I'm gonna need a new laptop. I think. <laughs> your, I webcam this my phone. Like, your webcam is great, though. You look like 4K oh, my, extra clear. Well, this is my phone. This is oh, my phone. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's uh, awesome. So, how are you guys? Good. Everything good. good. Yeah, yeah. Can't complain. Can't complain on our end. Uh, I mean, Daryl Daryl could probably complain on his end. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, better. Yeah. Yeah. Some issues is good though. Good. Much better sleeping beside my wife than it is sleeping beside <laughs> Dwight. So. It's all good. So how's uh, how's life been out there for you during COVID and stuff there, Jeff? How are you handling things? 
my uh, my day to day life is pretty much the same. I go to work every day like I like normal. Uh, it's just more like my extracurriculars and stuff at, at night. I mean, I save probably. I, I realize if I save about, I have to take a gas a week, <laughs> not going anywhere after after work. So, um, no, I'm actually busier now than I was pre-COVID. I mean, um, I'm a I'm a commission sales rep for Frito Lay. So, okay. um, I mean, when when everybody's locked down, what are they going to do? Sit home, watch TV, movies, eat chips, and I'm just insane right now. So. It's good for me, but I know you know guys like you, Dex and Tim. Uh, it's it's kind of taking away your livelihood, and uh, it kind of sucks that way. And I mean, um, it's I, I try not to, I try not to talk about it because it's like it's some people are, are hurting and some people are are doing fine, and, and uh, you know, yeah. it's it's a tough time, right? You know. I mean, ultimately, like COVID, COVID's affected everyone in different sort of ways, and. You know, there's there's people that have obviously been negatively affected, and there have absolutely been people that have been positively affected. And you know what? I'm cool with that. I I'm happy to hear that some people actually came out ahead. Um, that's that's not a bad thing. There's no jealousy in that. It, it it's good. We have a we have a guy who uh, who bowls in our center who is an amazing human being, Brian Meisner. Um, he runs Blend Spices. Who ends up actually like selling spices to Booster Juice and Lucerin and all these different companies. And um, he started from the ground up, and he is the busiest he's ever been. Um, and you know what? Good for him. He's the, one of the nicest human beings I've ever seen. And uh, it, there's there's nothing wrong with being successful through this. So don't, yeah, by all means, go ahead and talk about it. It's nice to hear some positive <laughs> stories. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's definitely, like, I, I, it's been what a year and a half now, almost. I mean, I hate talking about it. I really do. It's, yeah. it's, it's more, more, more so. You don't want to judge a human being on one opinion, right? And be cold. And unfortunately, a lot of people out there are doing that and like sever friendships over different, you know, you know, um, ideas about the whole thing, right? So, I don't. Know, it's, it's. I'm like Tim said. I'm sick of talking about it. Honestly, yeah. like it's it's yeah. almost over. Hopefully, you know. I mean, you guys are open up now. And like you said, Saskatchewan's pretty close. We're in stage two here, um, but I, I can honestly see like everybody's ditching masks out there, right? I can honestly see us not ditching masks anytime soon. It's just the dense the, pop, the dense population we have here, right? With like Toronto and Brampton and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Just so many people in a small small area, whereas like. Saskatchewan is double the size of Hamilton, where I live, right? The whole province. So 1.2 million or something it is. So we're like 700,000 here. So yeah. I honestly think that it's... Yeah, I don't think we're going to mass anytime soon over here. No. I mean, so, I can't wait. Trust me, I can't wait. But. So, Jeff, I do have a question. Since you're a Frito-Lay guy, what is your favorite chip? <laughs> yes, Tim. <laughs> rank them. Rank them. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? My... Uh, Still, as still from a kid, my go-to is ruffles, sour cream, and onion. Okay. Good choice. Love Solid. It. Good choice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been on, I've been on the Dorito sweet chili heat for a while. I think that's pretty solid, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you tried the new Lay's one that just came no. out? No. There was three flavors that just came out based off of uh, old flavors. Um, ruffles, uh, Lay's ruffles. Sorry, Lay's all dressed based off of ruffles. Uh, Lay's oh. white chip based off of smart food okay. and one with sweet chili heat so mm. it's actually not bad i haven't tried the other two but sweet chili heat one's good hmm. 
to get the inside track on all like the creative new blends that they might be coming out with. <laughs> the, the taste. Uh, usually, like a roll a rollout meeting at the beginning of the year, and it's kind of get the six months heads up what's coming out. So yeah. I haven't really seen what's coming back half yet. It's usually all front loaded at the beginning of the year, so there's really not much back after the year. They usually come up with some crazy stuff though. Like, d- yeah. don't they do like poutine flavored chips and stuff? And yeah, they did. Well, remember, and... remember a few years ago they had a contest, right? Um, and it was people emailed in the ideas and stuff, and they picked the best four ideas. The first year, uh, the one that ended up winning was from Newfoundland, uh, and it was maple mousse. Do you remember that? What was it? It was awful. Maple mousse. Oh maple yeah, I remember mousse. Like a maple mousse. Yeah. Maple mousse. It was awful. <laughs> And it won because <laughs> his buddies, his buddies in Newfoundland just vote, 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 vote. It was all vote based, right? So he, he ended up winning. And now I heard about a month ago, that guy is now a mayor of his town in Newfoundland. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like the most popular guy out there in his neighborhood. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty hilarious. I heard that the other day. <laughs> let's so, let's hear from all yeah. our people listening right now in the comments. What is your number oh. one most famous chip? Smoky bacon. Smoky bacon was so good. That's number one out, most famous. What what is, is it, it, people? I, we want to know. Let's it, talk uh, chips. Like, we got an hour and a half of chips. No, we're not talking about so coaching. Good. We can talk yeah. about chips. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. when uh, Jones COVID, right? Soda. <laughs> yeah. Remember when Jones Soda used to do specialty like pops for like occasions and stuff? Gravy. And they came out with the yeah the turkey and gravy pop one one Thanksgiving is like, the worst thing ever. So yeah, no, I I think the maple mousse may be better than that. There's a local radio station I don't know, here. Man, it was pretty... <laughs> There's a local radio station that's now doing a they do brackets on all kinds of random stuff, movie mm-hmm. quotes or whatever, right? So they're doing a 64 bracket thing of chips. And a couple of the local personalities yeah. and the sports guys are all going to start throwing it down. And what having the, the big bracket of chips. So we'll have yeah. to we'll have to keep you posted for us or what that is. <laughs> wins, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd go with Sean the Cool Ranch Doritos. That'd be my go-to. Although right now we're we're a we're a sand chip guy for a bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although yeah. Th- those aren't really high in fiber, so you might be okay. Yeah, but they're hard, they're crunchy and hard. They don't go down super soft. So unless you unless you put them in water or something, and let, and let them, I don't know. Like, a blended bag soft, of chips. Yeah, have you ever heard of a soft chip? I don't know what that is. Like, yeah. It's a tortilla. Yeah, there you go. Take that back to management, Jeffy. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, a buddy of mine in Alberta needs to know what's the most easy to Yeah, yeah, need some need some soft chips. Well, I mean, like, yeah, you're fired. Yeah. I mean, all the bombs downtown, they like they like Cheetos, like, because they just want their mouth. With them. Yeah, yeah, right? The Cheetos, there you go. The orange Cheetos, just, they're just so yeah, soft. There There's go. no, yeah. I like the soft ones, not, definitely not the hard ones, yeah. Let's chat some bowling stuff there, yes. fellas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm done work for the day. I don't really need to talk about chips either, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. What, uh, where'd you start bowling, Jeff? What was the young kid, kind of young gaffer, to start throwing some balls down lane? Oh, yeah. Did you have a family connection into bowling, or how did you get started into, into five pin? Uh, it's, it's actually, uh, I, I used to always live two blocks away from mountain lanes. Obviously, you guys don't really know. I don't know if you've ever been to mountain lanes, but, um, it's one of the, one of the top centers here, or always has been. 
And uh, I always lived two blocks away. But as a kid, my godfather used to bowl in Dundas at University Lanes. Uh, so my parents used to go down there. Don't ask me what the, uh, I was like three years old, right? Don't ask me what night it was. But we used to go down there. They used to throw me on a lane in the corner while they visited with him. I'd bowl for two hours straight and then go home. So my parents fell in love with the place, and they just they signed me up for YBC there. So, uh, yeah, so basically, I lived two, two minutes away from the bowling center, but I drove 15 minutes to bowl league. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was good. Uh, my dad ended up being uh, becoming, like, a scorekeeper back then because there's no, uh, obviously, no uh, computers. Uh, then he ended up becoming a supervisor and then ultimately became the program director. So my dad was program director there for 35 years. He basically just gave up two or three years ago but he's still he's still involved so nice yeah he actually i actually just nominated him for the hamilton hall of fame as a builder and uh he got he got accepted and lo and behold covid kind of delayed that uh that ceremony so um you know if this gets delayed anymore i might be eligible for the hall of fame the same year <laughs> he gets in so. <laughs> yeah but that's an awful, awesome accomplishment, and obviously, you know, putting in 35 years in the YBC program, right, to, to keep it running, and we all know how these programs run by volunteers, so kudos to him for, for doing that, so well-deserved accolade for him. Yeah, that's got to be a nice, proud moment for you, if he's still there. Oh, no. Oh, it looks like he's reconnected. We're going to have two Jeff Forrest. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> Are you back, Jeff? Oh, we have a, a froze. Oh, there you go. We got the smirk. <laughs> yeah. So Jeffy, he's Hamilton area this too, right? This might happen quite a bit tonight. That's okay. <laughs> we'll have to do a go around. Hamilton, yeah. So no. you're, you're Hamilton area, right, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, good job. Okay. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, in and out, in and out. Yeah. We're good. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're, good. we're good. We're good. So, right. as a, right. as a youth bowler, did you start playing? You know, the four steps, or start? You know, to go th work through up through the bantams, you know, junior, seniors type of thing, or where did you start? Sort of. Oh yeah, I, know, I, I, and... I started when I was four. Okay. Yeah, I started when I was four. Um, I was a very small center, so I. Um, I wasn't. I wouldn't say very good, but I didn't really care because I always I was always singles and in four steps and stuff like that. So I really didn't have to try too hard at that point, which I'm, I'm not saying is a good thing. But uh, whenever I went to a tournament, I always seemed to step it up. Obviously, right. Um, but I wasn't in YBC. I wasn't like a great. So I was probably about 220. Um, but until my last year, I think I was about 230. But I ended up uh, having a really good year. Like I ended up finishing third, third in singles. For, for zone, um, I think I missed out by ten pins to go to provincials, but you know I'm bowling against like some Martin Talbot and John Young, Jeff Young, well yeah Jeff Young, Deeper Beast, guys like that, right? So uh, it was a tough, it's, it was a tough zone to get out of, still is. And um, I mean I qualified first for U Challenge, the only the only year I ever made U Challenge. Um, so yeah, I mean it really wasn't until I got out of YBC where. I joined an adult league when I was 16, and that really stepped up my like I was 220 in YBC, 
but it's 240 in the Adelie, right? Because I knew why, because right. I could stick around with my friends, right? And I didn't, you know, I didn't care. So, yeah. so again, it's again not the greatest mentality to have, but um, you know, they say it is what it is. That's so, the way she goes. I, I always tell any kid I, uh, yeah, I always tell all, uh, all the kids I, I coach try and join Adelie as quick as you can because it. Oh. I think there's a fine line though, like he's talking about, right? Is with, you know, in youth, you're kind of just playing for fun and enjoying it with some friends, and 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 then really trying to be competitive in youth, right? There's there's probably less people that are super competitive in the youth than there are there just for enjoyment. But he's right. What once you get into the start playing in the adult leagues, you kind of start taking things a little bit serious and don't want to, you know, let your teammates or the adults down. Right, so it's uh, it's it's probably more of a common thing than than not, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Even looking back when I played YBC, you, I was decently average in the league, like two thirty nine or whatever. But in the scratch league, it was two forty five, two fifty. You just step up a little bit, right, to play the. I wouldn't say the the tougher competition because our YBC program was pretty strong. It's just a different mentality you had to step up to play an adult, right? It was it was just a different mentality, I guess you could look at it that way. I, I think you also had to change, like, you had to be more mature. I mean, you're, you're around, around a bunch of adults, yep. right? So, Being you know, there, Jeff. Yeah, you're a bunch of, you're around a bunch of adults, right? <laughs> and uh, you, have to, you have to act mature. You run YBC, you can go around and, and dick around and do whatever, right? But uh, there's a sense of, sense of you want to belong there too, right? So... Yeah, in YBC, you kind of have your moments where you have to really focus and you have to, like, take it seriously, four steps qualifying. For us in Edmonton, like, rep team qualifying, stuff like that, you take it a little bit more seriously. But up until that point, yeah, it, it's it's a practice. It's a way of going out and getting into repetitions and seeing your buddies and whatnot. And then we had our Wednesday night league where, you know, we obviously took it way more seriously when we were in there. And, um, yeah, I, I totally understand what Jeff is saying for sure. Yeah. What type of a league, Jeff, was it that you joined when you were 16? Was it a match play league or was it just sort of a fun, you know, adult, you know, league type of thing? Yeah, it was just a fun adult league. Um, it's actually uh, at University Lanes it was as well. Uh, right. His phone's just not, not doing her, I don't think. How about you, Tim and Dex? When did you guys start? Is that the first adult league you started playing? Was that match play Wednesday yeah. night? And how yeah. old were you when you started playing that? Uh, 14. We spared for the whole year. And then 15 when I actually was bowling on your team, Daryl, with Lynn. I remember oh, that. yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a long time ago. I mean, that's 20 years ago. Now yeah. you look yeah, at it. Sure. Yeah, sure. It was funny because we, we could play the Wednesday night league. It was just a, you know, they, they draft how it was. Well, it's not a draft. You get to pick your team, right? But uh, our Sunday match play league, you had to be 16 in order to actually compete in that league. So we got to play the highest, the highest average league in the city before we got to play our Sunday match on Sunday night, but uh, in Sherwood Park. But uh, it was absolutely worth every penny and you know sparing and, and playing in that league for sure when we started at 15. And it gives you so much experience, and it makes you comfortable being around, you know, yeah. the higher average people. And uh, that's that's just as important as anything else, I think. Yeah, mm. developmentally wise, I think that was been key for a lot of the the great bowlers coming out of Edmonton area, right? I don't know enough about the other places, but obviously Edmonton, we've welcomed the Titcats into into that league or the Toms or any of these Rylands, right? As you know, when you're eligible to play and you're good enough to play, 
there, there's no there's no limitation, right? So mm-hmm. absolutely, it's important for adult leagues to recognize that that they have to let the youth in come into play uh, as long as they can compete and they can have the maturity level to play and not throwing little tantrums and, <laughs> and whatnot, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, he's gone again. He's struggling there. Not sure what's going on with his phone, but we'll continue this podcast and we'll try and bring Jeff in once he finds a stable connection and or he gets frustrated and drops out and then we, we wrap this thing up with us. Four <laughs> idiots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so let's touch on a little bit. Um, any you guys have any experiences with Jeff on the national level? Obviously, um, we probably played him a couple times as a player. I'm not sure if our careers were kind of rolling when he was still playing competitively. Well, actually, he still played competitive. Like he he's won the Nips Tour here not too long ago, right? Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. He won. Yeah, coming back from knee surgery. Right. I'm pretty he, sure he, I met Jeffy at nationals in two thousand two, two thousand three, somewhere in there. Obviously, on his bio, we know that he won the. Uh, it was a mixed team national champion two thousand one. Um, I wasn't there at that one, but I do believe that he was part of the men's team or at nationals again the year after at 2002 so uh there was a couple of them steve barker jeff forrester they were there right so they were i don't know someone's someone's calling me now but but yeah pretty pretty great guy and obviously you know young guy from from alberta oh my parents are calling we're getting a new puppy today so my parents are calling the puppy home can we come see the puppy the puppy's gonna be our guest here soon yeah they're at soccer soccer practice now so they'll be back here that's fair. You know, he's one of the first guys, again, when, you, when I started competing on a national level back 20 years ago, um, you know, the Martins and the and the Jeffs and the Steves and these guys that were out east, right? You just get to know, oh, there's a full country of bowlers out there, right? So yeah, yeah. He, he was one of the cool dudes out there that uh, you got to know, the Jeff Canams too, right? I think they were on the same team together maybe, so they could probably, re- 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 you know, <laughs> Kathy, that's your roommate calling. It's Dwight. Dwight's checking in on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... I met I met Jeff in 2010 when he was coaching the Ontario men's team out there, and right. um, um, Jeff, Jeff's a, if you look at his resume, he's a hell of a bowler. I mean, four perfect games and and all other stuff. But uh, Jeff brings so much also with the coaching aspect out there, and uh, he's very good with the kids. He's very good with the adults. Um, he coaches a lot of masters. I've been to a bunch of masters with him coaching, uh, not just tournament but teaching as well. So uh, nice. very well respected out there. Oh, for sure. You uh, you can't have a conversation with the, with the Ontario guys without Jeff's name at least popping up at some point in there, right? So he's uh, very integral in their their bowling side of things. And like Kathy had mentioned, um, he's one of the best pros at their bowling school as well. So uh, he's been involved with everything. And and as we've just heard in that short little bit, we've had him on here. Um, his family was very much involved with it too. So. What's the Ontario Bowling School? Do they have something, or is it more of a Hamilton Bowling School? Well, tell me more about that. Do you guys know? It, it's it's run through the 05. Okay. So the 05 runs a bowling school each year, and they bring pros in, and they bring coaches in. And um, I don't know if it's similar to how Saskatoon runs, uh, but a lot of great great bowlers show up to the camp, and they get invited, and, and it's uh, it's uh, quite to do. Like, if you look at the people who show up, it's like uh, Connie Ward's there, Kathy Davidson's there. Nice. Um, and all those other people are there. So it's Steve Barker, I think, helps run it out there. So um, mm. it's, it's a great little school that they have, four days. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's a challenge, yeah, it's right? Like we, we talk about 
the, the crossover from being a player and being at the top of your game and wanting to compete and obviously national champions and club tour champion, but then also being at the top of your game as a bowler uh, um, or as a coach, sorry. Like it's very, very few people can do that at both levels, right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because coaching brings in so many different aspects, right? I mean, you know, you can be you can be really good at this game if you can create the muscle memory um, and, and just be naturally athletic. You could be really good at that, but you know, there's 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 different levels of like intelligences within the game too. You know, there's people that you could be really good but not understand the game as well as somebody else could, or you know, or communicate, you know, or being a people person and understanding emotions and stuff like that too. So to be able to move from being a high average bowler into being coaching. You, you need to be able to access those parts of it. And, uh, you know, Je- Jeff has always been really good at that. I mean, even just meeting him for the first time, super friendly guy, super funny guy, which makes mm-hmm. you, you know, um, it, you know, willing and wanting to be around him, it, kind of a, a magnetic sort of personality sort of thing. But he is definitely a very, you know, intellectual person when it comes to bowling for sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his personal life, so I don't know him side of that, but like, he is absolutely revered for like how smart he is within the game, um, and I'm sure that he is a fantastic people person as a coach. So, yeah, that's neat. I mean, he went on his bio here. We're, we're 99 Open Men's Team Silver, right? So that's huge to get all the way there. And then 2001 Open Mixed team, National Team. Be interesting to know how many nationals that he would have gone to. Obviously, being bowling out of Hamilton, we know how strong that zone would have been. We know all how strong all of Ontario is, right? All the zones. But Hamilton, I think, is one of the top ones for sure. Um, so he would have played at Provincials, I'm sure, you know, a number of times uh, just as a zone player. But then how many times did you actually play at Nationals too? So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's one of those one of the mainstays for sure. But then, Tim, you would maybe know a little bit from talking to Jeff a bit. Um, he took over for Martin Talbot as part of a provincial winning team. Do you know the bit of the story there? Yeah. Hey, Jeff. Hey, finally got oh. back on. Sorry, yeah, guys. Yeah, perfect. No, all good. <laughs> this looks like crystal clear. There's no delay. Yeah, I know. I'm on, uh, I, I, uh, one of my buddies moved in with me last uh, last May. So I just, I called him. I'm like, look, I need the password to your computer. I didn't want to bug him. Close oh, yeah. the browser tabs. Close the browser tabs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what are the bookmarks? Um, oh, shit, before right? we get into the Martin or to the, the taking over the coaching thing, Jeff, we were just chatting about how many times would you have played open provincials, and then how many times have you advanced on to a open nationals? You know, those uh, played. I think I played. Like I've uh, qualified eight times. Um. Yeah, this this past year being my eighth, uh, and then I've won won three times. So um, yeah, that one was ninety nine, two thousand one, and twenty ten, I believe. I you know my memory's terrible. So um, yeah, and then uh, I've coached probably same amount of times, uh, you know, seven or eight times. So at the bridge, at your zone level, at, at and- zone level, and then I think I think we've won two or three times coaching too. Like I went on to, to nationals as well. So uh, at, at the open. So. 
So what made you decide early on that you said, it doesn't matter if I don't play, I'm going to coach? Or did you always put your name into coach or how did that, I mean, we were yeah, talking was, earlier about the, the, the fine balance and there's very few people that can be at the top of their bowling game and the top of their coaching game at the same time. So it's, uh, it's very hard. Trust me. It's not easy. Um, it's, uh, it basically came down to like the first year, first year I tried out for the open was, was 99. I didn't bowl my first year out of YBC. Um, I almost actually switched over to 10 pin. Um, I was just kind of like bored with five pin at the time. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'll switch over to 10 pin. And then, uh, somebody's like, well, you should try it for the open. So I tried it for the open, made it rookie year, 99 first year I went out, um, with, uh, Dave Burpee was also a rookie the same year as me and, uh, we ended up winning. So it kind of hooked me. Right. Uh-huh. And, uh, the next year, you know, I called the sophomore curse. I didn't make it. I was terrible. I think I finished fifth last in the zone. And so I went to watch provincials because it was in Hamilton all those years, right? So it was literally five minutes from my house and spent way too much on booze that weekend. So I was like, you know what? I'd rather be in the pit, not spending money where I could drink afterwards. And <laughs> so that's basically how it, how it all came about. So I put my, I got my coaching levels and, uh, and, and that's, that's how I went on. I said, if I, if I don't make it, hopefully I'll get picked as a coach and, uh, you know, the rest is history. So. Hmm. How old were you the first time you got picked as a coach? Oh, uh, good question. I was probably 24, 25, maybe. No, maybe, yeah, around that, I guess. It was around that. That's super um, cool. it, it was, yeah, I mean, I didn't get picked the first few years, right? Because obviously, mm-hmm. nobody knows, right? And uh, I got picked with a bunch of great guys, like Mike Bates was on the team. Uh, I think Burpee as well. Um, Mike Tuck. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I can't remember like uh, everybody, <laughs> but yeah, it was a great year. And actually, you know, Mike, uh, Mike Bates kind of, everybody's like, Oh, he just picked you because he can tell you what to do. And he didn't, he was actually good. He was very supportive. He gave me a few tips on, you know, what I should look for. You know, it's not all about matches. You got to look at totals too. You know, you, it's a big three points at the bottom area. You guys know that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, yeah, it just, it, he kind of, kind of like gave me a few pointers and, and it kind of took that under advisement and, and yeah, I mean, everybody has their 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 ideas about you know what should happen during a game. I mean, I'll, I'll, I bet you the four of you guys have different ideas on what should happen sometimes, right? So um, it's not easy. It's it's not easy, and uh, you know, I, I I try and do my best with it. Is it more mentally draining, probably, to coach than bowl? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's so much, so much you got to watch and look at, right. You got to look at all matches, different scenarios. Okay. If this guy picks here, what do I do? Or, or, you know, if these four guys are going, do I pull this guy? Right. So it's, yeah, it's, you're throwing every ball. You really are. And it's, 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 I know it's a cliche. Everybody says it, but it's true. You're throwing every ball. Cause yeah, I gotta look at my side. I gotta look at their side, you know, and as I'm same time trying to, you know, cheer on my guys or help them out. If, if I see anything that they're doing wrong or, you know, um, it's tough. And it's, it's uh i said i never i never claimed to be the best coach i'm not the best technical coach you know the what about what i do have is i have your back right and uh and what what i always say i'm good at is i know how to talk to people different ways you can't coach six different guys or girls the same way you can't you know there's people you know you can who you you know you got to coddle there's people you got to kick in the ass there's people you got to wait to come to you right so there's just different different style and that, that's where i'm good at. i'm good i'm a very good listener in that way so um tim can that... be all three of those in, <laughs> in a single game is that something you do 
Is that something you would do like in your pregame prep, Jeff, is you'd have, you know, interviews or conversations with these bowlers or these players and, and sort of say, what type of, you know, style do you want me to do? Or is it something just you go on your gut feeling and you kind of have an understanding for them? What's the, what's the prep work you do for that? It's uh, what well, we do. We, we practice a lot, right? Um, again, it being at Sherwood and we all bowled there. Um, we just go out on, on a non-league night and, and practice. We probably start practicing. Well, you, your guy, yours, when you're open qualifying January, yeah, I think ours is beginning of December, right? So yeah. we usually start, I tell those, I tell everybody, I said, I usually try not to start until after Super Bowl. And then usually go every other week in February and then, uh, you know, every week in March kind of thing. So we usually have about five or six practices. So I kind of just sit back and, you know, issue the shit because you're all friends at the same time too, right? And then if there's somebody new on the team or, or you know, there's every now and then there's surprise guys or, or girls that make it. You just kind of, uh, kind of just you know, pull them off to the sides and just kind of pick their brain, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'd be my pre, pre turn. You can't do it before the tournament. Like it's just it's too late. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. to me, it is anyways. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'll even I'll even like you know if somebody new on the team, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll text them or email them and say, hey, you know, give me some ideas on this and that and, and whatnot. So. Well, I think that's important. I was getting at is that you need to do your homework as a coach prior to the event of you know what type of what what motivates your players. Right? Yeah, you, and like uh, opens easier. Masters is tougher because you know they they could be spread out across the province, right? Um, unless you you know you you've spent spent a lot of time on them at the tournaments themselves, if you played them or not, right? So, uh, but yeah, opens a lot easier. And the biggest thing with us is ninety percent of the people that make our open teams come out of the same league, so we already know each other. Yeah. well beforehand right so. right i was just going to kind of ask you is it um do you feel it's a coach's responsibility to make sure the players get along as well because um coming out of such a um i guess more more people play the open out in your area in your zone qualifying and stuff like that do you get conflicting personalities that get onto the same teams or is everybody oh, yeah. pretty cool there's always gonna out be, there? there's always going to be some right and um and, and like i said uh, some people have different ideas than than others right you know some people have different ideas than i have um and yes there are some teams some players that probably make a team that people don't want to bowl with right but it's just i don't know we, we've we've had a pretty good track record here in hamilton since 99. that was the first year that that hamilton basically hamilton men sorry i'm, I'm using men women always had a pretty good pedigree here right um and they, they they had a little lull there in the middle, but they're now they're now back and and, and playing well again and and winning. So, but yeah, back for the I'm speaking for the men. Like it was 27 years prior to '99 that the Hamilton men's team had won, and there was a lot of good players out of Hamilton in those span in that span of years, which you know surprised the hell out of me. It took 27 years to win, but that's how strong you know some of our zones are here, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just so there are, there are some people that you know going back that make the team that you may not want to play with but it's it's business as usual you you know it's you know what to do it's your job that weekend and uh you four days of bowling you know right and it's just that's that's a lot of our guys mentality okay you know let's get this job done tell us about this uh was it 2012 um you took over for martin on, on one of the winning one of the teams how did how did that all go down yeah so um the uh I actually, uh, <laughs> I made the mixed team that year, and I think was it that year that we were we were supposed to win as a mixed team. We were pretty stacked, and we didn't. We didn't even make the ladder. 
and that, that's what happens, right? You just you still got to play the game, unfortunately, right? And it's just sometimes coming down timing, bad luck. So, anyways, I didn't make it, but I think I believe our other two teams did. But Martin, um, Martin's wife was was due around, I think, with their second child around nationals. And it was Quebec, so he was humming and hawing about it, and you know he just came to the conclusion that he couldn't live with himself if he missed the birth of his child, which is understandable, right? Yeah. So he pulled out uh, basically right after they had won, and the guys all got together and uh, pulled me aside the next Wednesday at league and asked me if they wanted if I wanted to take over for him, and I, I happily accepted, obviously, right? So. Yeah. Um, they had that, that year. They had won. They they never lost at um, at provincials. They 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 ran the the round robin and uh, and and they I think it was twelve games round robin and they qualified first. So here here the way it is, it's a step ladder. I don't know how it is out, out there, but step ladder final, right? Th- you know, three three versus four. Winner plays two. Winner plays one. One has to get beaten twice. Well, they were one, and they they obviously won their first game and, and moved on. So, now, who was on that team? Incredible. It was um, Jeff Young, Mitch, John Conti, Eric Milne, Francois Talbot. Mark Goulet was on that God. team. Who was the other one? Who was the other one? Oh, my God, I can't. Oh, John, did I say John Conti? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim had mentioned it was Mark Goulet. Yes, Goulet. Yes, yes, it was Goulet. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. It might have been the I, year. My memory's terrible, play. guys. I'm sorry. I might have been there a mixed at Nationals. I think that might have been the year. You were there, Cassandra, yeah. Tim? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, nice. And then, obviously, I remember you and you guys won uh, Nationals, too. Obviously. We won that year as well, yeah. And, and huge scores, I think, if I recall, right? Oh, yeah. Jeff, I think Jeff set a record. And he and I pulled him, I think, for for a game or two, for a couple couple frames. And he still set the record, you know? So that's that's how insane he played that weekend. Um, we actually started, so I think we started six and oh, I think they went, sorry, I think it went 14 and oh at provincials. It was 13 and then one. And then we started six and oh, first day at uh, nationals. And then God love him. Dave post. I love you posty. Um, <laughs> from, this is the story I was told. I wasn't there, so I don't know what happened, but apparently in the, uh, the uh, hospitality room that night, he was bragging that, oh yeah, our guys are 20 and all, 20 and all. And uh, <laughs> so I think we played you guys, Alberta, first game. Of, I'm, I'm not sure who, were you guys on, any of you guys on the team? I, my memory's terrible, I'm no, sorry. No, but it was in Edmonton, On 2012. So. Yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> they, uh, I think uh, Brian, it was Rosetti maybe, I forget who it was, but went back to the guys and, and said, said something and they destroyed us. First game, it was like I was like not even close. It was like 15, 15 and a half to like thirteen, like absolutely destroyed. And I, I gave, lovingly, I went back to Posty that day. I was like, "What the hell did you say to these guys?" To piss them off? <laughs> and I'm like, "My God!" So, and that that's always my one of my things when I when I coach kids too. Like, never throw anything back at another team because there's you don't want to fuel any fire that they already got. They already want to beat you, and then they hear something like that. Yeah, look out. Yeah. Because it's, to it. it's going to come fire at you, right? So, um, as far as you know, making pulls in the open, obviously, you know, is there a time that is too early or too late? Like, how do you judge from a coach standpoint? Like, hey, second frame, man. I think we've talked about this on the podcast. What's the fastest pull you've made? 
right? Or like, how do you how do you how do you manage that timing of, of when to do it and what's too late? Um, yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's always it's always a, a topic of conversation, and even we have it here. And I like to hear other people's perspectives on it too, because like you know, yeah, you're right. What is too early? I usually look anywhere from three the earliest to, to six and anything after six it's got to be really bad right or, or or just maybe getting some balls in for for you know the next guy next yeah. guy or girl um if you're if you're kind of winning a match handily right for the next game or something like that but i think the earliest i i i, I wouldn't do two i don't two is too early like three uh, you know unless it's got someone goes three pin three pin three pin like okay you're out or pick 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 Depend. It all depends situational wise too, right? And who it is, and um, you know what what the match is at the time, right? So like, totally. you know, a lot, a lot of people have lo- uh, lo- some people have longer leashes than others, right? Yes. Um, and it, that's hard to explain to some of the youth out there as well, right? Because you got to explain like you know this person's paid their dues, and at any time they can turn it on, you know stuff like that, right? So. Especially if they have a, a career of doing that as well, right? It's yeah, it's hard to it's hard to pull somebody when you know that they're a good finisher and they're still tight in their match and stuff like that. You don't want to be that guy that pulls them. Oh, just because their score is a hundred in the six, I got to pull them because yeah. they're absolute trash. But yeah. they still finish two teen and maybe they're only twenty behind in their match, right? Like that's you, it. Right? You can't be yanking them. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, uh, some people have longer leashes than others, and I, I personally, the the hardest spot to pull is anchor. I think, uh-huh. you know, that person's down there for a reason. Okay, Us- usually it's it's somebody you trust to make a shot when they need to make a shot. You know, and I, I mean, I've done it, but it's it's very hard pull. Like you usually, uh, okay, I'll give you an example out of provincials when you're in and. Uh, Mitch kind of gave me shit for it. Not shit for it. But he's like, <laughs> he's kind of like, what'd you, what'd you do that? Why'd you do that? So anyways, we were playing against uh, uh, Bay of Quinney, which is a, a zone out east, uh, right beside Ottawa. And so we always have a tough time with them, always. So, but anyways, we I think it was like fifth and sixth frames. Top four, top four guys had doubles. And Houston, Matt Houston was on our, was our anchor at the time. And he was struggling. He was like, he was coming in high, so chop, pick, you know, corners. He could not bury a strike, right? So he, he was one of those guys that had about, you know, 106 or something like that. So I pulled him. Yeah. And then I think that next frame, three three guys broke off their doubles, and then it became a tighter match than it should have been. And we ended up still winning, but at that time I was looking at, okay, well, we need that point. Right. And okay. So I'm, I'm trusting the other four guys, at least one of them, one or two of them are going to go on. Right. Yeah. And, um, it, it's one of those, one of those calls. And, and I, I always say as a coach, if you have a reason, if, if when you make a decision, as long as you justify a reason why you did it, you may not have to like it, but most of the times you should respect it, right? Because that's the idea I had at the time, or, or, or whoever was coaching me had that at the time. So I, I usually try to try, try and give a benefit of the doubt, but sometimes it backfires, right? Well, that coach is put in that position for a reason. If you think you could have coached better, then maybe you should have been coaching instead of playing. That's how I always look at it. I don't don't question it; just do it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's tough though, like you said, like every every situation is is different, and every player is different, and what rope you're giving and how you're doing it. I mean, it's a tough job, man. And and yeah. and sure, there's mistakes that you made. I mean, I coached a couple of years and definitely made mistakes, but you sort of try to learn from them and realize why did I make that move, right? Yeah, you have to be convinced at that time that that's the right move. Yeah, um, and make sure the team rallies around you and sort of says, yeah, okay, coach made a move. Let's go, guys. Let's let's go. But. That's uh, it, right? It, it's it's definitely a tough job, and when is that too early, and when is too late? So, right, and I mean, and, and pulling, like I always say, like I said, pulling anchor is the toughest spot because the team also knows you have that person there for a reason, right? Yeah. So if you make that pull, that could deflate your team more than than um, you know inflate mm-hmm. them, right? Yeah. So they'd be like, oh man, if, we're, if he's pulling that guy, we're we're shit, or we they put more pressure could put more pressure on too right so it's yeah it's some some situations as a coach it's a lose-lose yeah you know he's there for a reason and maybe it might be eight nine ten or nine ten or whatever but there's there's a reason that you're there just stay the course beeps and unless the guy's really off and you can tell that this guy is just off his game like it's just not gonna happen and you have trust in the guy coming off the bench that you know what, you can go in and you can do better and you're at least more mentally sound and ability physically able to make that shot better than the guy that's in there. Then then there's a time to make that change for sure. Right. Yeah. I uh, A few podcasts ago, we kind of asked when was the earliest time we got pulled during an open play or during the open or whatever. And I don't know if I answered or I didn't get a chance to answer or I maybe didn't remember it, but it was definitely um, at Nationals. We were in the last match of the game against Newfoundland we had to win, I believe it was 7-1. We need another team to lose 6-2, and I think we jumped into the fourth spot, where it was. But I started the match against Brad Glynn, and plow, 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 four plows, and I was like, I don't think I deserve to be in this match. <laughs> you should be yanking me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And at that point, you, you're you kind of waiting for the top on the shoulder, or, you know, yeah. white flag being thrown at you, or the towel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of pulling your... Sorry, go ahead, Daryl. Uh, speaking about pulling your anchor, I mean, we had the same issue in 2019. I mean, always, Adam's always our anchor, right? And uh, he got pulled against Newfoundland. And then Dave Hahn went out and shot six bagger to finish, and the team made a comeback, right? Um, yeah. Sometimes having that one person get pulled, you know it's your star player, so to speak. Um, you, you All of a sudden, the other team gets a little bit of jolt of uh, enthusiasm, right, and energy, so... It does. It does. It does. Sometimes backfire when you need to pull the right, make the right pull. Yeah, yeah. It it, it is right. It's 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 tough. I mean, you don't have a, you don't have a crystal ball. If you did, I'd I'd be you know down south with fifty million dollars right now. So. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> so. Doubt. no doubt. Before we I move think, on I... from the open stuff here, let's chat. Um, sorry, Dex. Is the two thousand one uh, Open Mixed Team Nationals uh, as a bowler, Jeff? Tell us uh, who was on that team and what do you remember from that uh, that that nas- provincials and nationals. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that, that was back when it was seven on a team still. Um, okay. and it was, uh, it was myself, Norm McDonald, Al Hardiman, uh, Mark Skelton, who's also now a university, uh, not, well, now, not now then to university lanes player. First time he ever made the open and only time actually he ever made the open. Um, and then the ladies were, um, Kelly Martin, Steph Hilmer, and uh priscilla young jeff young's mother okay so yeah so it was uh i mean the, we had strong ladies and uh a, kind of a mixed match of guys you know because it was my only my, it was my second year making it 
uh, Mark's first year. I actually beat, I actually beat Mark in qualifying by one pin. That was ninth. He was tenth. Wow. And some some coaches here, I don't know if that's out there, but some coaches here have a rule where you know, okay, if you're the last person to make the team, you sit. You know, and I just so I kind of beat him out, and I caught fire that weekend. I felt so bad because he only played, I think he played ten frames at provincials, and that was when we had a round robin final. So I think I got pulled the first three games in round robin at provincials, and he came in and he came in and threw and, and banged out like one of the games, and he was just on fire. You know what? at least he had a, a chance to contribute positively too and mm-hmm. you know gave him gave him some confidence for for future games and stuff like that and then uh nationals yeah we we we, we rolled like we, we not steamrolled but we, we were rolling pretty good and having a guy that is you know capable of coming off the bench and doing that is invaluable like it, it is it's uh yeah there, there's no sh- i don't think there's any shame on being on the bench, I think being on the bench is just as big a role as it is, you know, actually being in the lineup. And uh, if you can come off the bench, even better. Um, yeah. So kudos to him because yeah. that that's super important, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it, the poll is useless. Yeah, exactly. Right. And he made the mess of made the best of his opportunities. I I don't mind playing the bench at all. I always say, hey, if, you, if the five of you. <laughs> <laughs> play take me to nationals man i don't care right yeah. but some some people take offense to it right or they think they deserve to play or you know they they, they see who's on the team beforehand and be like well I'm, gonna, well I'm not gonna play at all and all this stuff right and it's just it's what you make of it and if you can make the most of it and you know what man it may next year might be your last national or your last provincials ever right or your last mm-hmm. nationals ever so take advantage of it have fun Right. Yeah. Yeah. You never. Know yeah. Even, even our ladies. Sorry. Even our ladies were strong that year. I mean, Priscilla only played 15 frames at uh, provincials, and it's tough having two players like on the bench too, right? Because Absolutely. if you're if you're steamrolling, like guess what? You're not playing. So and it's it sucks. That sucks, you know. But mm-hmm. again, they were they were. How, how do you make the change when you're when you got five guys that are rolling and we're just bombing that, things through? Like I'm not. That's it. As a coach, our coach was. Our coach was Rob Ward yeah. at the time, Connie Ward's husband, husband at the time, and he just kept turning around, saying to both of them, "Sorry, guys, sorry." And it's just yeah. like, I mean, what can you do, right? And, and that's that's a tough call as a coach, but yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, you're out there to win, right? And if you guys yeah. are winning, then he's doing his job, and yeah, it may it may not be great on the personal level, but you know, you're out there to win. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, and that was that was probably the best nationals I, I best best open I've ever I ever played. I was terrible my first year. I was my I was shaking in my boots. I was a rookie. I think I averaged one ninety at provincial nationals was better. I think it was two forty five. But um, again, our team was stacked that year. But that year at nationals for two thousand one mixed, I averaged two seventy three. I still remember it because it's the highest. It's the best I, I ever played at the open. And for some reason, I didn't make the all star team that year. And and I still had a higher average. I, I think I, I didn't lose. I didn't lose at nationals, a match. But I um, I think I was blown three spot. So that's probably why. But they just said, oh well, it wasn't any precious situations or whatever. But it doesn't matter, man. You go eighteen zero at nationals. It's a pretty good feat. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. I'd like to know how many people in the nationals that have actually done that, right? How many 18 yeah. and 0s are I'm pretty sure it was 18 and 0. If not, it was one it was one loss, but it was it was 
it was pretty significant. Like I, I, I mean, like we've talked about national records before, right? Tim, Camp, with, again, Camp getting Kazakh, somebody yeah. at T5 to do some some statistics of a national event and who was nineteen Adam, and ones or eighteen and twos or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, I, I could be mistaken, but I, I I didn't lose too many if it was if it was right. Yeah. So. Camp Camp, I know Camp had a perfect record and they met. Yeah, and uh, nationals in 2013 on the mixed team, yeah. and they they announced that it was it was the first time it was a, a perfect record. Yeah, so it was and, something like that. maybe it was provincials. I was thinking, yeah. but yeah, one of one of the I'm pretty sure I was I was perfect through at some point. But anyway, so that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, neither here nor there at this point. Yeah. We won, no, so that's all that matters to me. I don't I don't care. I don't count my record at the end of the day. All I count is a, is a gold medal, right? Yeah, that's. It'd be kind of cool though to see some some personal stats or some like you know top fifty records of all time at a national championship. The guy went, you know, Jeff Young. You talked about at two thousand twelve. Like, what was his? Was he eighteen and two, or is he nineteen and one, or was he? Did he get beat a couple games? Just had huge games. Like, what was? What are some of these all time great records at a national championship? I don't think he was that that good. He started slow every day. I think his his first two games he he was he was maybe four and a half, but then he the last. The last four games were ridiculous. He was like fourteen hundred or something like that. It was it was insane, right? So I still remember there was one match he bowled against Freddie Toffelmeyer when he was uh, in uh, in Nova Scotia. Still, I think they both started on a nine bagger or something like that. It was ridiculous. Like or or no, I think I think Jeffy started eight or spare eight in a row and Freddie nine nine in a row or something like that. It was insane. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just looking at that three eighty six uh, to three eighty five. It was a score. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Like That's it was, amazing. it was insane. Right. It was yeah. fun to watch. It really we was. Need to, we need to create a chart of some of the some of the stats that we want to know out there. <laughs> all these, yeah. all these things. And See some... that? That's what I keep pushing onto this is it's great for audience and fans of the game. You may not care as a personal record or whatever, but there's somebody that's watching the sport that wants to know that stuff and it keeps them involved in it. And right. So as much as people say, oh, I don't don't care about a record. All I care about is the gold, gold medal. There's somebody else that cares what your record is and wants to know what your record is. That That's what sells the sport, right? Four, ner- four nerds like us on a podcast have something to talk about when we've got stats. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not volunteering. <laughs> no, no. I think there's, a some heck of a job. People, there's some man, other stat people out there that could probably do some work into this. So. When Tim messaged me, the other, I was like, man, you're going to make me do some digging? I don't know what my, like, I didn't know what my master's <laughs> stuff was, right? And like, I knew my, it's, it was hard. Like, it, my my open stuff I knew. Master's was kind of a blur. I don't know. I don't know why it was a blur, but <laughs> um, I think I know why. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of all blurred together, right? And I was like, oh, what team was that? What team? I had to actually, like, message people. What? What medal did we get this year? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was awful. But yeah, my memory's uh, not the best as it, as it used to be. Did you always qualify for Masters, or always try to play Masters out of uh, Ontario yeah. as well every year? I've never actually made Nash- uh, Masters nationals. Uh, oh. I think the highest I ever got was about seventh or eighth. Like I just missed. And this year, I actually came back after about three years off because it was Newfoundland, and of course, COVID killed that as well. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I think it was about 20 pins off a team with two tournaments to go, you know? So it was like, I was right there again. And um, yeah, it's just one of those, like there's so many good players here. You guys already know that, you know? And uh, you know, I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm a mental case out there too. I kind of get in my own head and, and that's my biggest downfall. And I think that's a lot of people's biggest downfall. And you just think about the wrong, the wrong things at the wrong time. And 
it's sometimes when when you get it back, it's too late. So. Mm -hmm. But you've co now you've won a couple of tournaments though, like the individual tournaments. Is it Ontario is it as well? Like you play six times and you take your top four. Is that how? Uh, no, we well there was there was years that it was you had to take everything. There was a year that we had to, had to drop. You just couldn't drop our year end tournament. Um, so it's they've kind of floated back and forth with different ideas. Um, but most most years I played it was you had to you had to count everything. So. Um, but yeah, there was there was a few tournaments I won. The, the, my first tournament I won year end, and uh, we we also well that we do a different style for like do you guys just you guys just qualify or uh, do you guys have playdowns at the end of yours or just, no it's just straight just, pinfall yeah so a lot of ours have playdowns at the end right so you know um, year end is um, is a Peterson point system you ever hear that yes yeah it's where yeah so you, you get uh, you get. Uh, a point for your win and fit and a point for every 50 pins you play you bowl right so it basically the term is run off a point so if you throw 300 and you win your match it's match play against uh you have a pod you, you start in so um you play the first day you'll play six different people right and if you win your match you get a point and every every pin every 50 pins you get a point so if you bowl 300 win your match you get seven points wow right so if you get if you bowl 305 you get seven points plus five carryover. So those five still carry over. So if you bowl 245 your, oh, next, wow. your next game, that extra 45 adds to the five to get another point, right? So, wow. yeah, so That's I end up winning that. One year. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, you should see the score sheets. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of adding mistakes, we'll put it that way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's fun. Uh, the other one I won was mixed. We did mixed triples. So what we did was, uh, you would take back then it was you take the top where so the top say the top two scratch men male male and the, the top female would form a mixed triples team and then it would go three four and two and then five six and three so they you would form uh, like a triples team and then you you you'd have brackets so you one one the top seed would play the bottom seed and you you go through the brackets so i ended up winning that with mike bates and joanna doe uh, mike and i finished one two um, and Joanne was one as well. So, and then the last one I won was our master senior tournament with um, uh, one of the kids who bowls with us on uh, Wednesday nights. So that that triples tournament, do you play like a pinfall qualifier to decide that, or is it based on everything up to that date? Yeah, no, it's just so you just bowl your your ten games or whatever whatever the tournament is, and then after after that you get seated, and it's just it's just a one game knockout really. I think okay, it's cool. might have been two, might have been double knockout, but I can't, I can't remember. But yeah, and it's, it's like the they make eight, eight teams for the for the brackets, or is it sixteen yeah, teams? It depends or? on on how many how many team how many players there are, right? There, it's right. I think we usually do one in three or something like that. So back then, it probably been a dozen teams made it. Could have been sixteen. Right. I mean, it just depends on on the field, right? That's cool. We only four teams. Yeah, so there's we do different styles and stuff. Um, where you know it's I, I know you know all your tournaments out there are grind right where you have to win 33, 33 games around on a Sunday at your at uh, yeah. at TBC and stuff to win right which is a grind here it's here it's not as like that it start like our club tours are starting to become like that but uh, back then it was just like one and done for for masters because again you're already playing you're already playing Saturday and Sunday morning and you can't really do like you're basically ending your qualifying at two o'clock and yeah. people got to drive four hours home. So you can't really do, you know, best of seven matches and stuff like that, or you don't ever get home, right? So, yeah, for sure. 
Now you've coached a couple of masters too, so that's obviously a nice accolade. And, and you know, when your peers are, are choosing you to be a coach uh, across the province, a um, couple of master team gold and a couple of uh, team silvers. Um, tell us more about those uh, those teams, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate that a lot of my friends made masters back back in the day. Because <laughs> <But laughs> you know, honestly, it is it's 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 one of the 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 unfortunate parts of bowling it's a lot of it's a popularity contest right so not necessarily the best coach out there gets picked or the you know best player gets you know to be on the podcast or something like that right like um it, but it's like uh you know it is it's true like it's like i'm yeah, sure, there's, sure. A lot, there's a lot better players out there than me that that you know are probably dying to get on this podcast One, right? 105 for sure <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm just happy to be asked, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's I've been very fortunate, and uh, you know, there, yeah. I mean, I think I, I the first year I, I got picked, I picked got picked as a men's team, and we finished whatever. There's silver. It was BC. Um, that was I think the first time I, I met the likes of like uh, you know Ron and Nelson and, and Chelsea Ely. And people like that, right? First, it was my rookie year, so I was like, I didn't know what the hell was going on, right? And uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then uh, I coached four tournament ladies teams after that, and one teaching ladies team. Um, one of the one of the tournament ladies team that we actually won had um, had two players had to pull out because of I think it was their kids' grad high school graduation or something like that, or. And they're both and they're both teachers. I, I, I forget who it was. Tracy Smith and uh, Tracy Smith, Ontario, and um, <laughs> I have to specify. Oh, yeah. And yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, and Brenda Pankoff had to pull out. So the sixth and seventh lady, who is uh, Sandy Sandy Dixon and Joanna Doe, took over, and we ended up winning, right? With our, you know, that, that's how deep, you know, so our, our players are here, and, and we we had a great time. Like it was a lot of fun. Um, all the masters were fun, you know. Like I said, it's they all kind of blur together, and uh, but uh, no, there, there, it was, it was a good time, a lot of fun. I was very, like I said, very fortunate to get picked. That was the other thing too, right? And you know, there were times where I expected to get picked, and I didn't get picked. And the first time I didn't get picked, it, it, it hit me hard. I was like, I was pissed, and I was like, yeah. then I, you, know, you get over it, and you think about it, and you're like, yeah, you know what? why am I pissed? I mean, I've been fortunate. Let's maybe give somebody else a turn and, or, or, Hey, so-and-so's, you know, they want so-and-so more than me, whatever. Right. It is what it is. So, um, you can't, you can't take it personally either. Right. It's sometimes you, you get picked, sometimes you don't. It's just, uh, yeah, it's part of the, part of the game. Part of the game. So tell us the difference between coaching a tournament team compared to a teaching team. Cause I know you, you had success in both uh teaching yeah teaching we didn't do as well yeah. but <laughs> it was still fun it, it was it was um it was that was, that was hamilton actually it was yeah. the vegas team and uh it, it was a lot of fun it was it was different first time it, it's it's hard because it's poa but i just kind of looked at it as as scratch if that makes sense so like if we had to give them 145 pins i just kind of looked at looked at it that way Mm -hmm. yeah. I guess, like for totals wise, anyways. Kind of just went with the handicap system. Yeah, yeah, in my own mind, right? Yeah, and it's totally so you yeah. just kind of like, okay, and I, you, you kind of had to look at other, like, they had to look at the score sheet. Okay, what's their averages? Okay, what do they need to win this match? And 
stuff like that. So it was added a different factor to it as well. It's mm -hmm. uh, another dynamic, but it's it, it was fine. Yeah. Did you find uh, the team dynamics any different than um, compared to a scratch team? Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit different because um, again, I that was my first time, co first and only time actually coaching teaching, and I knew some of the players on the team. I didn't know others, right? And again, it's 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 harder to like I said for the open we would practice six times before the tournament, where okay, you know, I think two were from two were from Ottawa area, one was from Toronto, and um, one was from like. Mississauga, so like they're like hours away from me, and it was we were trying to get it together for for practice, and I think we got together two days before the tournament. Not sure what you know, whenever it came down, and that was it. So it's yeah, it was tough because it's it's you don't know, you kind of had to learn on the fly, and it's that's coaching's hard enough, and then you got to add that in too. So, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, you kind of you kind of have to see. It, what their personality is like, right? And who who you think could handle anchor and stuff like that. Where yeah. you know, with, with tournament, you you pretty much anybody can play anchor, right? Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's it adds a different dynamic. And um, but hey, I mean, it's uh, they had a great time. I even told them at the end of the tournament, I said, hey, I mean, just just again, like I always say, this could be your last national. This could be your only shot. So just enjoy yourself. Especially yeah. in teaching, teaching so tough to make. Yeah, it's tough because we had, so, well, tough to make it on a consistent basis, yeah. anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because POA is just yeah, you, you can have a, a, an awesome year and, and still not make it, right? So, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah I, I imagine that coaching tournament division is you know, and then it's the same with the open. It's it's a lot of like people management, and teaching is a lot of people management and a lot of technical. And yes, that adds that to it too. Yeah. Right. So I, I feel, I feel like it's gotta be a lot more work, even just like the, the limited experiences that I've had with like IP, like the interprovincial and coaching nationals at that. Uh, it was super fun. Yeah. Honestly, coaching the teaching division is super fun because they seem to be a little bit more chill. Uh, it is. You know? They're more, they're more relaxed in a way. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm sitting back there. I'm like, how are you not like, pissing yourself right actually i think the, i think your dad was the coach of the alberta team that year and i had a great time with, with was, your, yeah. all your teaching ladies they they love me yeah. and <laughs> man I mean, oh uh oh, gail 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 yeah. Yeah. Gail, yes. loved you, yeah. gail loved me i think they called me bubba all weekend yeah. long. <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> like yeah. i don't care yeah. i was like you know what I'm just going with it. So, yeah, and yeah, I was totally. also on the also on the tournament committee, uh, the uh, the host committee at, at the same time. So it was, it was kind of doing double duty, double duty at the time. So, yeah, let's, yeah, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Let's switch over to some of the other fun sort of cash games and other accolades and kind of that stuff too. So we've uh, we've talked a lot about coaching and the playing, but um, interesting stat here that I see, Jeff, and a lot of us are still fighting and are trying to get that first perfect game. Um, but here you are sitting there saying that you've got four perfect games. Four. When did yeah. uh, when did those occur? Where were they? And uh, any anything for for Big Doe? Um. So yeah, four perfect games. Um. Uh, three sanction. Um. So that first that two thousand one year where um, we we won uh, the Open there, 
every year we, we get kind of get together and do like a mini open between our, our three our three four teams depending if the seniors come or not uh well no can we have seniors division i don't think there's seniors division at the time so there was a three three teams so we do like a mini open little practice beforehand and and whatever right so it was in competition form and i bowled a perfect game against uh the hamilton late hamilton ladies uh, they they framed it for me, like they printed off the sheet. They framed it for me, uh, and I, you know what? I went to look for it too. I can't remember what date it was. I think it was like March twenty third. It was like right before my birthday, and um, but it was somebody else's birthday that day too. And uh, um, so that was my first one. That was two thousand one. Uh, I bowled two in a calendar year, two thousand three. I bowled one in January, different different seasons, January, and then one in December. Um, and then. Yeah, uh, so all the, these are all at Sherwood. Yeah, oh, okay. uh, my first one was on fifteen sixteen. Second one was on thirty one thirty two, and the third one was on twenty five twenty six. And here, in in Dex and, and Tim, you might be able to appreciate this. So, the uh, they had just changed the pins on twenty five twenty six, but they hadn't done the rest of the rest of the quad at Sherwood. So you could uh-huh. see the height difference between the oh, pins. Oh, they yeah. put on the black bases. No, 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 no. This is back. Two thousand three. So if you look at twenty six to twenty seven pins, it was probably like a like a half inch gap. Like <laughs> you could see the height difference. It yeah. makes a right? huge difference. Yeah. So and uh, <laughs> so that that day I bowled it against Jeff Young, um, and he's like, "It's no fair." They <laughs> he was joking around. Obviously, it's no fair. He goes, "You know, the first day with the new pins and this and that and all this stuff going on and on." So. <laughs> He, uh, I, th- I think I shot a thousand. That was my thousand sixty as well. That was my high triple that that day. So I went, I went three ten, four fifty, three hundred, and he didn't win a match. He shot eight and a half, didn't win a match. Yeah. So he. <laughs> he so what he, you're saying he, is that you're the better Jeff? Is that what? Oh, well, we've already yeah. we've, him and I were discussing that today. You know, he's, <laughs> he just said he's very supportive, living in my shadow. He says. <laughs> Actual text. I'll show you. I can show you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, and it was, you know, it was him and I are, are good buddies. Like I was in his wedding party and stuff like that. And uh, the whole time where I was throwing strikes and strike after strike, he just kept chanting, boring, boring. <laughs> and I just, you know, just uh, that little thing just kind of kept me loose too, right? It was just yeah. Yeah. nice pulling against a buddy. My, my one, uh, that was December. My one in January, I pulled against Matt Innes. Um, oh. And 10th frame, he was just, he was jawing in my ear. Not, not, not like been anything bad. He was just kind of like, you know, cheering me on, right? But I didn't hear what he said because I was just in the zone at that point, right? And, uh, yeah. And then my last one was uh, December 2019. It was right before COVID hit. Oh, wow. uh, um, uh, I pulled out on my dad's birthday, actually, December 12th. Nice. Um, so, and they, and again, so it was, I met, this one was at mountain lanes and I lived two blocks down the street from my parents who still live there. And so on the way home, I'm like, Hey, guess what I did tonight? They're like, what? He goes, I bought a perfect game for your birthday. <laughs> He's like, really? So, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I text him, uh, I, or when he was asking for topics and stuff, yeah, I said, the signet there there's, I'm surprised that nobody commented yet about it. The, the correlation between cake in perfect games is all the first three there was there was somebody somebody's birthday and somebody brought a cake in so everybody's eating cake and stuff and i bowled perfect games all three nights right 
And the fourth one was obviously my dad's birthday. So it just kind of like birthdays and perfect games kind of going hand in hand with me. So that, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's weird. Something about just need some chocolate cake first. So that's, that's that, it, right? That all makes sense now. Yeah. That's, that sugar <laughs> rush gives you that extra boost, I guess. I don't know. I, yeah. I love that. And that's <laughs> so like, do you, so yeah. you just have cake every week? Like, just, like I'm oh, bringing yeah. my own cake. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm trying to lose the weight, not gain it back. <laughs> no, don't do it. Fat bowlers make good bowlers. Actually, one more weird coincidence. Sorry. One more weird coincidence was, um, I don't know if you guys ever met or know Bob Coulter. No, no. So he was a he was a Hamilton player. He was pretty good in his day, and then but he, when I met him, he was just coaching, and he was our PR guy or press secretary, whatever you call it. So he'd always you know, put stuff in the paper, right? So he was always that guy, and he ended up passing away um, the week prior, and to my to my uh, perfect game there. And the I, the weird coincidence is. I bowled a perfect game on the Thursday night. The next night, Eric Ridgway bowls his first perfect game downstairs at Mountain Lanes. And those are the two nights of his viewing. So it's kind of like one of those weird coincidences where it's like, you know, one last time for Bobby kind of thing, right? So, right. That's, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Hmm. kind of somber, but it's still pretty yeah, cool. Neat no, it's, yeah, no, that's, that's still super cool. Hmm. And then um, 2017, the the Nebs, uh, the, the club tour champion. Yep. So how many events did you play on that? And obviously, and that's also you you had a year off. You had an injury mixed in there that you took some time off, and then you came back and played, and then you won. So how did yep. that all go down? Yeah, well, actually, so it kind of started a string. Of, like, it was a string of things. So back in, I think, 2013, I was 35, yeah, 2013, I actually had to get a kidney removed. Um, I got a um, – uh, I had like a, a kidney stone about the size of a dime, like the diameter of a dime, lodged in my uh, in my ureter, and so they were trying to just go in and they tried to blast it, and it didn't really work. They tried to fix the ureter, it didn't really work, and while they're in, they, they had to take the kidney. So that was the start of my kind of injury plagued. It was the injury, but whatever injury plagued uh, seasons and stuff. So I had to take basically like a half a year off the year there, and then a few years later, I. Uh, before the club tour win, I was playing ball and heard a pop in my knee as I was running down to first. This is my non-sliding leg. Um, <clears throat> hurt my knee there. And um, a week later, I ended up getting pneumonia. And the, the combination of the two, or it could have been, a, could have been uh, you know, anyways, a combination of the two, I ended up getting a blood clot in my leg. Um, so I was going, I went to, I had to cancel one of my physio appointments because I was just so sick, right? And it could have been – they still don't know to this day if the blood clot caused the pneumonia because um, it could have went up to my lungs at that point. But um, anyways, I went to my next physio appointment. She look, takes one look at my calf, and she's like, get to the hospital right now. I'm like, why? She goes, well, your calf is hot, purple, and it's hard as a rock. She goes, get to the hospital right now. She goes, I'm not a doctor, but it looks like a blood clot to me, and it could be fatal. And I'm like – Oh my God. So I was like, I, I got in the car and I just cried. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Right? Like, yeah. so went to the hospital, still have issues with it today. Like, it's just more like a, my leg swells like crazy. Right. It's just, it, it, but at the end of the day, so I go back, go to bed, it comes back down to normal size. Cause what happens is the blood gets down there and has a slow time coming back up because the blood clot has damaged the valves in my vein. So 
Um, I never, I, I ask them, I'm not going to lose a foot or a leg or anything like that. Like, no, no, the blood gets down there. It just takes a while to come back up. I'm like, okay, as long as, yeah. So <laughs> it always goes through your mind. The worst thing goes through your mind, right? So, so all that happened summer 2016. Didn't play, obviously, all year 2017 until the fall. And, you know, it was Thanksgiving weekend was club, his club tour for us here. And uh, so I usually play both shifts. I said, I'm just going to go play one the Sunday and see what happens, right? So uh, I think I was on Jeff Young's lane that, that day, and I told him the whole day, I said, my goal is to make it through eight games. That was my goal for the day. And I'm qualifying. And my that was back. So this was back when it's uh, it was two game total pinfall. So I think I started terrible. I think it was Buck ninety eight. My first first match. I was bowled against Ian McLean, and he didn't fare too too much better. He had two zero, and then I shot two ninety. So I ended up beating him. I moved on to Cody Laycox, and I still say to this day it was a barn burner. I think I beat him four sixty to four fifty double. <laughs> I needed a shot in ten to beat him too, right? <laughs> you know. And then after that, I bowled, I bowled Sly, Mark Goulet, and Villeneuve, Eric Villeneuve. Three, you know, top yeah. – well, actually, all five of them top players in probably in, in, in Canada, right? Or, yeah. Very, very good players. And, you know, I, I think I shot 620 before, you know, Sly con- conceded. Same thing with Goulet and same thing with Villeneuve. It was, they all, all three conceded their matches a lot going down the stretch. It was just kind of like a caught fire at the right time, right? Yeah. And – not what I was expecting. I would just expect it. I just I was happy to make the, the cut, man. I really was. And it's just oh, kind of like one of those things. Every dog has his day. I what I like to call it is uh, every now and then I have moments of brilliance. And that's what. <laughs> <it was. laughs> no, that's so, yeah. amazing. That, that had to feel really good after everything that you endured. It honestly. did. It did. And at the same, and, you know, I don't want to again be a Debbie Downer, but at the same oh, time, no. like that that spring, my uh, long term girlfriend and I split up, and it was just kind of like. Something needed to go good in my life at that point, and that yeah. kind of helped, right? So, yeah, totally. Hmm. Yeah. I also got to say, how lucky are you to be, you know, going to physio, and you see your physiotherapist, and she tells you to go to the hospital. Like, yeah, honestly, right? that that is that's super yeah. lucky. You could have, you know, never gone in because why would you? You don't think anything different. It's just, yeah. you know, muscle pain, and then uh, yeah. she's like, "No, you need to go." Like. Someone was looking out for you. It is. It, it really is. And it's just like, you know, um, at that moment in time, I'm kind of like, and I'm pretty sure I, I didn't help my own situation with, you know, my, my own health and weight and stuff at the time. Right. And it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's just, I, I kind of had a different outlook after that. And it's more like, you know, you know, people are like, well, why are you doing this? I'm like, cause I never, you never know when you're done. Honestly, like you never know when it's your day. And I, I, I I mean, I don't think it would have gotten that bad, but you never know, right? Um, yeah. I, one more week, I could have been dead. I don't know. Like, it's just, yeah. you, you know, it's just whatever. Right? It's just, but yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for, for that as well. So. Now, is, is the mental side of the game something that you work on? I mean, obviously, being a coach, you sort of, um, you know, help other people do that as well. You had said earlier in the podcast about the mental side of your game is something that's probably the weaker. How, yeah. how is that? Like, how do you work on that? Like, what are things that you do? I mean, obviously, coming back off of an injury, having some success, um, is there any strategies that you specifically zone in on, or, or what do you do to recognize those those challenges and work on it? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's, I, I mean, it could be anxiety brought on too sometimes, right? It's just every now and then you kind of 
it just could be some stupid thing where you know you could pick all day long, but one pitch out just just pisses you off, and it just it takes you four frames to come down, right? It's just it's one of those weird things. Um, it's hard. It's it's hard. It's been hard to work on. It's hard to work on. Um, I kind of just try and you know I talk to people like like you said, yeah, I'm a coach, but I mean playing with guys like Jeff Young and Mitch and Mark Riley, all those guys, we, we kind of help each other out as, as we go. Right. So if I have no shame in asking any of those guys, Hey, I mean, I'm struggling right now. What can you like with, with, you know, in my mind, like what, what do you do and stuff like that? Like, cause those are top players, you know, around here and they'll give me tips. Sometimes some, some work, some don't, it just all depends on what works for me or, or even it could be the time of day or time of year. It's just, it's weird it's it's hard it's um you kind of just kind of go back to basics or you kind of just you know you focus on on muscle memory or whatever it is it's just um yeah i mean like i'll, I'll just i'll go back I'll, I'll go i'll go in the back and i'll just kind of stare at my spot or something like that or kind of like analyze something else and and um sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes i'll i'll if i'm struggling like with say uh, my ball coming in tight i'll instead of looking at one board i'll expand it to three right i said if if i go over any one of these three boards i should be good right and that way it kind of takes the i need to be perfect out of your mind because you know if your ball goes anywhere through those three three boards you 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 know you're at least going to hit it for one but you might uh yeah you might uh take that that tight line out of, out of the out of the mix, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. I think you said something really important there is that, you know, you go and ask your buddies from a mental side. You know, often I think bowlers would probably go and ask my buddies, hey, physically, do you see something? Am I doing? Am I dropping my elbow? Am I dropping this? Or am I sliding too much? Or what am I doing? Mm-hmm. But really, it's none of those things. It's really just up in your head. So yeah. having having the the foresight and being able to go and ask somebody, hey, mentally, I'm in a fucked up place right now. I need some, I need a little bit of clarity, a little bit of adjustment. I think is is really important, Jeff, that you just said there, right? And, and yeah, and, and not a lot of people that. think of it, right? And and even I don't think of it sometimes. Sometimes I try and the first the first fix I try and is it's, it's obviously physical or, or or technical, right? And sometimes it's like no, I'm I'm it's just something's getting in my head, and you know you know Jeff. Jeffy will say something to me like, "Just I don't know, you know, stare at the clock. Watch, watch the, the second clock go around the, the whole clock, and just kind of stare at that for, just to kind of clear your mind, stuff like that. Or, or pick a pick a pick a square down on on the masking unit and just stare at it, right? And it's just could be something simple like that. Or you know what? Even just could be like taking just deep breaths, just kind of relax yourself, calm yourself down. It just there's so many different things. There's so many different factors in this game, and it's you know it's. 90, it is 90% mental. Yeah. It really is. Right? But, but for me personally, I would probably more apt to go and ask somebody physically, what am I doing? What do you, yeah. what do you see in my game? Yeah. But the reality is, yeah. DB, Could not even do that. it's yeah. not your, it's not that it's, it's all in your head. Right. right? So yeah. do those little things. Like you say, look at the clock. So good, good comments there, bud. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it's crazy to think that uh, um, maybe on a individual standpoint during an event or league, you, you, you don't you think more physical than mental, right? Oh, um, but 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 if you're on a team, it seems like um, you're more trying to get the other guys in the right focus. I find right, it's the opposite on a on a team portion than it is uh, yeah. on an individual portion. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, this is a cool stat too. Um, Two-time Southern Ontario Elite Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's pretty neat, and obviously coming out of Southern Ontario, um, yeah. I mean anywhere across the country, if you recognize as the Elite Coach of the Year, but that's that's a pretty neat accolade for yourself. How do the, how do those ones make you feel? Yeah, it's uh, un- unexpected. Obviously, I I didn't even know the thing existed the first time I won it. To be honest, <laughs> um, I was like, they actually called me to the the. We have a, the AGM or the semi-annual, I think it was, they called me to. So, oh, we need you to pick something up here or something like that. And they just sat me at the table and all of a sudden, like, boom, Jeff Forrester, come on up to get your award. I'm like, what are you, what? And they kind of surprised me with it, right? I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, right? And, uh, it was kind of, I think it was one of those years where I think I coached uh, coached a team to uh, um, uh, C5 Nationals and, uh, and did very well at, uh, I don't think I... I don't think we, I won either one of them, but it was like it just had a very good good year that year coaching wise, right? So, and I say I think it was the same with the other one. I think I might have won one year, but we didn't win the other one, or something like that, or it was not. I can't remember. It's it's again, I'm it's uh, I don't even remember what years they were to be honest, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an honor. I mean, to be to be recognized as as an elite coach of the year um, or coach of the year, or anything, right? But, totally. Yeah, congratulations. That's amazing. And like Daryl said, um, coming out of Southern Ontario, that's no small feat. At yeah, all. it's it is a pretty good accolade, right? And again, like I said, I, I was blessed to have uh, friends take me to nationals, right? For for coaching too. So if that if you know it's it's not just me, it's it's the players too. Like it's you know it's the whole you know I like to, I like to thank God and then my players and all that stuff. It's it's, it's true, right? It's because it's yeah. a, lot, a lot of factors along the way, and it's not just me so, coaching. Cookie no, cut response. If, if yeah, you, right. <laughs> if you guys don't know how the the award kind of comes out, I don't know how it works in Ontario, but on a national level, it's by a point system, right? Oh, so is it? It's on a point system based off of uh, the year the year that you were submitted in, right? So, um, so that means that all the coaches out there. Obviously, Jeff, you you were ranked the best out of all of them, right? So that that is a quite defeat. You did it twice, um, and I think it includes YBC in there too. It includes a bunch of other things as well. So that's pretty yeah. cool. I mean, why, for YBC, like I said, I was I'm st- I still coach there too um, at University of Lanes in Dundas. Um, that's my home center, and I, I master out of there and all that stuff too. Um, we we ne- we've never won. We we had never won anything until tw- uh, 2020. Um, I coached a Bantam, Bantam boys doubles team. We won provincials. We were going to head out to Calgary and then it got canceled. Right. First time. And then, sorry, not even that, like there was another girl that bowls, bowls at our place. Uh, she bowls five and 10. Like our, it's a split center. It's eight and eight, five and 10. And she's bowled there since she's, since she was a kid too. She went to, I think, uh, Stony Creek and Sherwood for a bit, but came back and, um, she ended up winning. 10-pin provincials as well out of a different center, but she still plays at ours. So I still recognize it as, you know, she, she made it, she's one of our homegrown and that's yeah. made it all, all three of us, all four of us, I guess, including me, um, win 2020 and they can't even go and, and, yeah. and defend or, def- or compete. Right. And, and yeah. that's what sucks, you know, cause these, these two kids work their ass off. And, and three kids have worked their ass off and uh, they may never get the chance again. Yeah, yep. so, totally get it. Uh, I was fortunate enough to coach 
uh, two boys uh, to senior nationals, Rylan Willier and uh, Dylan Hagen, and uh, yeah, senior boys, and um, it was going to be my first, you know, YBC national experience too, and or coaching national experience, and yeah, it got it got shut down, and I feel bad for those two because they're never going to get that opportunity. Right? <coughs> yeah. So um, I think Tim. Is, I does I think Ryland's done done now. No, he has one more year left. Does he have one more year now? Yeah, no, he's challenged, but he has, but he has just, yeah. Uh, yeah, just one more year left. Yeah, and that so, sucks for the senior, senior, senior players too that you know miss out on their graduating years. Uh, Tyler Titcat too. Tyler Titcat yeah. lost his yeah. final year, and yeah, he had, yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel really, really bad for all those guys. That's for sure. Yeah, um, terrible, but. Uh, yeah. So if you guys haven't heard, uh, Stanley Cup champions have been announced. Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay. Back. What, they, was, there, was there a doubt? Like, the mayor wanted them to lose the last game so yeah. they could win at home. So now It was party. one nothing. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure there was really? some doubt. Party. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. So Jeff, as you know, Ontario starts opening up, bowling centers start getting going again. Um, you know, obviously some have closed over this or some are struggling. In your mind, what as leagues start coming back into the fall, you know, what what do you do? Or what do bowlers do to support or, you know, five pin universe or, or anything mm-hmm. like that? What do you how do you see bowling going in the future here come September? Uh, it's it's probably it's probably gonna be a tough go. I mean, um, you know, I even just in talks with friends over the last few weeks. Um some some say they're coming back. Some say they're done. And it's just some people that surprise me too that say no, I'm not coming back. And I'm like, and I'm not gonna say their names because I don't want to think about a barrage of text like what? What are you? What are you doing? What are you talking about? And I don't want to. I want to get a bug. Do it. Is it <laughs> or is it more? Ah, I just I don't want to play. It's no, I don't know. It's just some some sound like that, but some are pretty adamant. They're it's their bowling career done. It's like mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's it's tough. And that's the thing, right? I mean. The only way this game or these some of these centers are going to survive is is one by playing. Um, yeah. I'm going to go back. I'm only going back to one league, um, I think, to start. Um, but uh, yeah, playing like you, you just got to go back on play. That's that's the number one. Um, number two, it's just kind of like I don't know, like. You see, you see the signs on the doors when you walk into places, you know, no outside food or drink, and, and some centers let it slide, bring a Tim Hortons coffee in. Like, that that really should be, like, if you bring a Tim Hortons cup into a center these days, like, it's coming up this year, I mean, that's, to me, that's, that's now that's unacceptable because, like, Tim Hortons doesn't need your money. These centers need your money, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. anything you can do to support a center at this point, like even man, just buy your coffee on Saturday mornings for YBC or um, man, like I, I would love to, to some start spearhead some sort of movement or, or some sort of thing like, Hey, September 12th is buy a coffee at your proprietor for your proprietor day or whatever. Right. Like, mm-hmm. or Hey, once, once a month, if you don't normally do it, have lunch after YBC with your family there or have dinner before you start your league there or, even if it's buying a hot dog or whatever, right? Anything helps at this point for you guys, right? Absolutely. And great ideas. Yeah. I mean, like it's, yeah, it's, you know, and and you know the buy buy a beer or whatever that if you don't you know have have a beer with your with your team or something like that if that if you don't normally do it, 
I know I, I know guys brown bag it here still, some of them. Yeah. Right? I'm sure it happens out there. But maybe, oh, you know if it happens in our center, we're booting them out. One hundred percent. Yeah. I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you, especially after this, right? And yeah. the uh yeah, it's just little things like that. I mean, even even like, hey, your leagues come back the first week. Donate your fifty-fifty to the center. If every league donated your fifty, even if it was five hundred bucks the first week, it's something, right? I'm pretty sure you, you can get away with not having an extra extra whatever fifty bucks in your prize fund at the end of the year. Yeah, you know, I, so- this this may be a bit of a hot take, but if. If you're concerned not going back to bowling or not going back to league is health related, I get it. And all the power to you. Your yeah, health comes absolutely. first. Absolutely. But if it's something else and maybe you just don't feel like playing, how selfish are you? This sport has given so much to these people. Um, and then they're not willing to come back the next season because their season got cut in half. Like, yeah. I just I feel so so bad for centers that are going to go through that where they're going to have seventy percent retention on their leagues or whatever it may end up being like, it, pretty selfish and I guess that's the way society is. It's just it drives me up the wall. I yeah. hope I hope it's a lot higher than that, but I think from the gonna... sounds of it, it's a lot of people are saying like stuff like probably, that. Probably seventy five percent is probably seventy five percent is probably an optimistic target, Karen. Mm. I think. I hope we prove you wrong. I, I think yeah. for, uh, for come I, back, people come support. I, I, love the I can only, it. I can only th- speak on behalf of us. I, I, I think we're not going to be having an issue in sure bowl with our leagues. Uh, we already got yeah. old people coming back and wanting to, to bowl old teams that did took the year off because of things. I think we're going to be okay. Uh, but we already had, had a pretty high retention rate even during COVID. So we were lucky that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I think I think people might not play the first or might not play a second league, or they might not play a certain event anymore. Um, I, I look at it two different ways. COVID, COVID uh, can maybe show you how much you missed the game. We talked to Danny Klopp about it today, and Danny's like, "I might be bowling," because he's like, "You know what? I COVID made me show you how much I missed the sport. How much when something gets taken away, you're like, man, I wish I was doing that. Why did I quit?'" Um, so he has that different thing. And, you know, some, I think there's some people that might be like, you know what, uh, um, the year off really showed me that maybe this isn't entirely hundred percent. What I was doing before is yeah. not for me, but I'm willing to still play mm-hmm. league or do whatever else. Right. So I, I yeah. think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting after a year and s- see what happens. Cause you know, there, there might be a lot of people that say that now, Jeff, but yeah. you know, FOMO is a thing, you know, and there's, you know, when people start going nationals again and doing all these fun things and cra- traveling the country and seeing all their friends, and they're sitting at home not doing those things that they're used to doing, they they might change their minds when the FOMO starts kicking in. Yeah, I mean, it might just be a one-year thing. They might just might need the extra break. And you know what? And, and you know, honestly, when COVID hit and well, basically our, our league said they're canceled, obviously, for the first half or the last half of 2020, and then once we made the call in September or that September wasn't going either, it didn't bother me. It really didn't at, at first. Cause I think at that point we all get to a point where we kind of get mentally burnt out, right. With the game. So at that time, and, and again, I don't want to sound selfish, but at that time it, it was good for me. Um, right. But that being said, there was still all the uncertainty about, you know, I didn't want to go blow the mask on and stuff like that. Totally. Um, and there are a lot of people out there like that. And, but, yeah. You know, if, if the leagues would have came back in January, I would have gone back. 
totally. but they they didn't and now we're hoping for september and i will be back in september um because that even at that point you're like okay well this could be a six-month thing and you're done right okay mm -hmm. the, the centers aren't centers aren't gonna hurt that bad but now it's like been a year and a half and you hear so-and-so just got so-and-so got sold this place got you know you know they've closed their doors and, and, and whatnot and i'm sure it happened it's happened all across the country and you've, you've heard a few out there i'm sure and yeah. you know you're right carrie i mean like, i mean that's one of the reasons why why i coach it's one of the reason i coach ybc you know it's my way of giving back so. yeah 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 it's and... great for everyone though puppies puppies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry, Jeffy. There we 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 got the new puppy that we just we just picked up. So that you know, we're, we're rather excited to bring her in to the show. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, <laughs> shut up, Lenny. No. But Jeff, in, in all fairness, your Friday night league didn't Mitch just cancel it on you, right? I mean, so really. Oh, our Wednesday, our Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. So yeah, really, I don't think we're doing Wednesdays anymore. No, and but that's fault, I mean, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. And again, I shouldn't really say this, but I don't really. Um, I don't word this so I don't offend anybody, but it, it was that the stat center is basically run by the property management company. It's not owned by. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's own, like it's it's basically in a plaza in the basement of a plaza, right? So they get, they have other income coming in, whereas, say Mountain Lanes or University Lanes, it's sole proprietor, and yeah. so I'd much rather go mm -hmm. support them first. If you know that, if that makes any yeah. sense, without sounding like a dick. <laughs> no, 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 totally. No, no, no that for makes sure. total sense. Yeah. 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 It's. Uh, there's been a couple of comments in here, like um, what would have to happen to any to consider coming back? I think maybe Mark maybe a worded that a little funny, but uh, it, keeping it in people's, uh, uh, in front of them, right? Advertising, sharing stuff, trying to keep the, the sport in front of people's eyes, letting them know that the centers are reopening, that they need their help. And stuff I was just like gonna that, say, right? I was just going to say that too. Like centers have to do, have to work even harder now there, there's been so many centers out there that sat on their sat on their hands let let the let the people come to them now it's like okay well now they're gonna have to you know advertise facebook twitter instagram whatever specials whatever they need to do to get people in that door now right yeah. they get and if you're not willing to do that well you're not going to survive unfortunately right. It, it was a it was a problem 20 years ago jeff and it, well, and, it and it become now even more up to the forefront now um you, you know what would work tim what coupons on cereal boxes oh don't even... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah you know you that, that worked out better, really jeff yeah that worked out really well yeah right. you know, he's gonna comment right now he's gonna kill you um <laughs> you know it, it's too bad with the coupons and the cereal boxes the proprietors never got any money for that though so i know that's, uh, I, that's know. I hear i heard it from jeffy all the time and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right? It's hopefully, just, hopefully you sold a, a pop or something when they're like <laughs> but i love the ideas of like buy a coffee um at your center don't go to tim hortons or yeah, or you know, have a have lunch at the lanes day or you know letting i would love to set up a schedule or something or somebody yeah. set up a schedule like hey first week of September, every second saturday of the month buy a coffee or set your center yeah. or whatever right like but yeah. even make it like national that. right and sort yeah. of yeah. share pictures totally. or have a national yeah. buy a can, chicken strip day kind of thing at your yeah, national like, poster or something like that yeah yeah right so we had a we had a family come in today it was a, it was a mom and uh, her daughter and two kids and she was dropping them off and then she was she just asked she's like hey where's the closest starbucks 
and ultimately, like, we're one of those people that, you know, bringing in coffee, we let that slide, because people are pretty specific with their coffees and stuff, so I told her where it was, and then she stopped, and she was like, no, you know what, I, I really shouldn't do that. And then she's like, you have coffee? I'm like, yep. Yeah. She's like, good enough. She went and got, and, and she, it was, it was great. It was nice to see. Good. Um, it's Even nice that people yet. are aware. I just yeah, want people that. to sit down at like a pizza hut for lunch and be like, yo, can I order in Boston pizza? Like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You're slapping a yeah. food establishment because that's what they're doing. You're selling yeah, food is. too. It and is. people are bringing food into your establishment. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. But you know what, though? I mean, we, we went to a Boston pizza once outside Innisfil, and we ate inside, and then somebody ate outside did, with Did I food. bring in food? <laughs> did I bring in food? No. Why we, is we this story relevant? Me, but again, you know, in the mornings, you know, YBCs, can you, you know, obviously people like their Tim Hortons <laughs> yeah. coffee. Nice work. Yeah. People like their Tim Hortons Actually, coffee or whatever. Can they not bring Actually, a can of Tim's or, or whatever, right? There's a, there's a way that they can coax yeah. people to don't go get a Tim's coffee and muffin i'll go get that for you or i'll bake that for or whatever yeah. and we'll have it f- here for you right and yeah. sell yeah. it for 50 cent markup or a 50 cent donut yeah. or something right like hey. it's, yeah. yeah everything counts. Tom, Ing- tom england at before every every tournament he'd have there he'd always go on the mic you know they asked the proprietors to say something and yeah. he'd always go on or not always but sometimes we go on he goes all right he goes i see everybody brought their tim horns in he goes i'll let you have the one and but please, you know, in, we have a snack bar to enjoy our, our food and stuff. And, I mean, that's fair, right? But now, now that's your right. It's 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 not right to yeah. do it now. And then that that woman with her kids was was yeah, she was aware of what's going on. How you know you guys are probably yeah. struggling. And hey, yeah. an extra an extra two bucks. It's not yeah, much, it but it helps, right? Yeah, it was, it was refreshing people. to see because yeah. most yeah. of the time people don't think about that, and she did, and it was it was it was refreshing for sure. Yeah, good. Well, Jeff, what's bucket list? Like, where are you at? What's what's left to do? I mean, uh, you know, national singles title. You're going to come play WCBT. We're going to see. Actually, yeah, I was I was going to uh, come out uh, last year. Tim, I I messaged you at one Mm -hmm. point, and uh, I just happened happened I had the week off, and and I wanted to get out. Yeah, because again, I I always have this conversation with the guys here. I'm like, my, you never know when your competitive window's collapsing, right? And you know, I want to get out there and play at some point. Sometimes my work schedule and and finances don't don't agree with that. But um, I do want to get out. Like I was gonna, I was actually gonna play, and it might not work out this year. Actually, I know it won't for at least for at least TPC. Um, but I wanted to go out and play TPC last year and uh, Regina this year, right? Because I, I would I, what I would do is I would play Timmins and then take the week off in between, fly out to fly out to Regina. And just kind of make it a bowling trip, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to get out there and hit a couple tour stops. Um, I hear nothing but great things about you guys running stuff out there, and uh, you know, I mean, people bring back ideas here, and some fly, a lot don't. But I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's not a bad thing to, especially and the competition out there is great, right? From what I hear, and, and I see the scores pumping in, I'm like, holy shit, like. 275 or whatever, make a cut out there, or whatever, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, right? But hey, I mean, you never know unless you try, right? And uh, so yeah, that's definitely a bucket list thing. Um, I've I've loved love to uh, obviously make masters. It would be is another one of my bucket list things. Still haven't done it, and I'm bound to determine that one year I will, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, singles, yeah. I mean, I've I've qualified for singles a couple times in provincials, and never really 
and I, I never, I don't think I made it past our first day. Um, but yeah, I would love to love to play singles at one point too. But again, it's just a lot of good competition out, out here, and you, you see different guys coming. Like you see same guys coming through. Like and it's, it's a testament to them. Like like I say, like a Terry Little or Jim Thorpe or you know obviously Mitch and uh, guys coming through singles and and uh, I mean. Man, if you get if you win once, it's a feat. If you win more than once, like you're like elite out here, right? So, um, yeah, definitely want to do that at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's just, well, I mean, perfect. I'm still gonna play the open. Still gonna, still gonna. If I can play Masters, I will <clears throat> play the club tours out here. Timmins is uh, is always good. Good weekend up up with the, with the guys up there, and um, yeah, I mean. I would love to actually, in, uh, I would love to go down and hit some tour stops in uh, in Duckman in, in uh, the U.S. too. I was going to actually try and do that this summer, but uh, obviously we can't cross the border. And again, it's, it's, even though I've had a good year at uh, at work and stuff, still the finances still aren't, aren't there yet. So. Can we yeah. cross the border yet? Yeah, you can fly. You just can't yeah. drive. Yeah. Oh, really? That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, if you're double vaccinated, then you're fine. I think so. Well, I've, I've I know I know a couple guys here that have been in Vegas four times already, and they Ray Ray. Ray, Ray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. Nice. yeah, like so. It's just you still can. It's just you got to come back in quarantine and stuff. And yeah. if you can work from home, I guess doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Good, good on you, I guess. Right, but I can't. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, Jeff, we can't thank you enough. Um, you're more than welcome just to sit in the back room if you want to stay up a little bit longer. I know it's getting late there in Ontario, but uh, we'll wrap up this podcast. Is there any last words you want to pump out, or are you good to go? No, I think uh, we put a lot of the topics. Like I said, just support your centers. That's all I got to say. Like, because I mean, there may not very be very many left in the next few years, right? If you don't, so yeah, exactly. Alrighty, we'll put you in the back room, and if we don't see you after, thanks very much, Jeff, for coming on. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate thanks, it. Buddy. Good seeing Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, especially when he got computers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, technical <laughs> difficulties got figured out. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, shout it, outs it, yeah. while we go there. Um, somebody had asked for a shout out for Kevin McAlpine, so let's yeah. uh, verbally give him one there. I know he's watching, I think, YouTube or somebody on YouTube asked for him, so obviously <laughs> love all of our listeners and people commenting and being on here. So The, the guy's specific... name from, uh, from, from YouTube was just Rye, so I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I fully yeah. support this gentleman, yeah. whoever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then the other comment I think would open up a major can um, was somebody asked about who would be the number one player that would be the most feared competitive yeah. right now. Thanks. I know you, I personally, guys, I would have a hard time saying number one. I'd probably give you a five to ten, yeah. right? But to really say there's actually one player um, that would be the number one, that's a that's a really it, tough sword. To, it's to almost impossible to say that in canada right like you could have your number one your number two maybe out of each province maybe but we don't play each other enough across the country to say who's number one it, no, it's one or one or two competitions that kind of decides it for the year and it's not but it, if the comment if the comment is who's most feared you know you got to think it's weber and davies you, you, i don't fear davies I, I don't know. I I think I think that they oh, oh. no. I, I, I don't I don't either. Like, but but we know him. But like, you know, I think if if people are facing him for the first time, and they they, they don't know who he is as a person, the 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 two of those they they carry big names with them. 
And yeah. I sure think they that's, do. Uh, sure. And I get that what you're saying, Dex. But I'd also throw in guys like you know Jeff Young, you know uh, Dexter Wiseman, yeah. uh, Bradley Titcat, a uh, Brad Greg DeGrazia. Great Greg DeGrazia, right? I mean, there's Just guys, there's 10 Greg guys DeGrazia out there. Greg DeGrazia sober, hungover, or yeah. drunk. Doesn't matter. Like the- right? <laughs> there's, 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 there's a list of 10. So to say one, um, maybe I would yeah. say Weber. But again, because that's a local bias and, and yeah. what he's done. Yeah. But um, overall, but yeah, there's guys that are nipping right there at the heels and you got them right with totally. the Mitches. And there's... I mean, even Forrester said a handful of guys out down down east that are that are really really good players, and there's a number of ladies that are Mark very Lay. very strong too. So well, yeah, you you always get the the Mark Goulet, um argument, right? He's averaging unreal out there. He just doesn't play anything yeah. west, right? He yeah. only plays yeah. that local area. So I, how do you how do you compare that? It it's impossible. I I would say, I would compare Goulet to Brad Mullins. Just because they don't they don't travel outside their their area, they play locally, but they're both hell of a shooters. I, I think they're very com- very comparable, right? Um, right. So so yeah. you take that in context. Brad Mullins is probably one of the most feared players in Regina for sure. You get him outside of that, he's probably definitely in the top five, but you really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it's like so said, tough it's, to compare them. To, to throw down one, I mean, you need almost sort of. A ranking system, and then you maybe put all top thirty-two into a big tournament, and you sort of have them go at it. And but yeah, it's yeah. tough. I mean, Dex, yeah, you got to be right. Dex, you're right up there with you know, some of your your you know last five years of history too. Kerry, yeah. I mean, you're you're right up there in the prime. Tim, you're right up there too. I mean, there's there's a lot of players that could be Jim Head. You know, comments time. He's he's a guy that I would fear. Right, you never mm-hmm. know. Jim Jimmy's a, a a baller. Right, there's a lot of guys. Sly, like there's there's some good players uh-huh. out there. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, I, I like the conversation. We, there's just got to be a better way to rank people because it's so dispersed right now. There's no real way to do it. We yeah. need a full ranking system there used to be. containing everything so that and we gambling. can get bowling <laughs> onto gambling. That's right. Yeah, 100%. And a massive national system. tour with major sponsors that doesn't, so people can travel to these five events that maybe there's some sponsor dollars that there's equalization and there's payment. So you get the Wisties, you get everybody's going from. From all the all the provinces coming to a central location, guaranteed. That's it, right? Yeah. That comes from viewership. Yeah. And that that comes from gambling. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's totally. so, so true. There's a lot of people who would be willing to gamble on bowling. So that yeah. don't even know the game that would yeah. still tune in and be like, so oh, good. these players are ranked. You know, yeah. you know the odds yeah. are, you know, plus three hundred for Tim Wiseman to win. You know, the Autumn Open. People would bet on that in a heartbeat. Yeah, we're getting sure. there. It'd be nice. I mean, we're we're certainly farther along now than we ever were in some of these, you know, ranking systems or tour events and stuff like that. So, stay the course. Keep supporting your centers. Keep supporting the game. Keep playing. Come to tournaments. Mm-hmm. Right. Put your money in, and let's uh, let's keep building this thing. Yep. Absolutely. Alrighty, we're ready to do this All Star giveaway. Good, because yeah. I need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's stopping you. I'm not just gonna let her rip. <laughs> it sounds like a you problem. All right, 25 entries this week. Good you know luck, who didn't everybody. Get in? Weber didn't get in because he jumped in and wrote "All Star Draw" and then left, and I never saw him correct. So. Sucker! This is what he gets. Show up. 
Good riddance. Is that over? Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was frozen there for a sec. Oh uh, no, just my internet. Oh. <laughs> Jeff Catham. Jeff Catham. Nice. Good work. It there had to go. have been a Jeff. We <laughs> only had a dozen of them in there. Yeah, it had to be a Jeff. Yeah, beauty. Perfect. Cool. Alrighty. Um, I don't think we have anybody lined up for next week yet, do we, Tim? No, I know you got yet. lots of feelers out there, so yeah, yeah. we'll get some feeling. Alrighty, keep, keep um, feeling, Tim. <laughs> yeah, everybody enjoy the hot weather out there, and thanks for joining in, and we'll see you next week. You betcha. <laughs> see y'all. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank Good you.